combat time. And welcome to another episode of Combat Time, where three friends, something, something, combat time, everything, I don't know. What was it again? Where three friends talk about everything and anything Mortal Kombat related. You think, we've been doing this for almost two years. Well, like this is only a recent slogan. No, it's not. You can look back and I think think Jay said that from the beginning. Uh, No, he didn't. Oh boy, now I have to go back and listen to all our episodes. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, do it, man. Get us the views. <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, but yeah, I am one of your hosts, Yassine, and I am joined by Josh. I am one of your hosts, Josh. And you are also joined by Jay. Hello, hello. He broke the cadence. Damn it. Yeah, one of our hosts, Jay. I'm not... Damn it, I'm, No, I, like, dude, I got my own thing going over here. I ain't about to break my tradition. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. What up, what up? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's yep. like their three catchphrases. <laughs> yeah. I ain't about to break that. I like I, I like my little saying. No one else does. Okay. I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's all about me. It's all about me. A number one over here. Oh, man. So how's everybody doing? Hanging out. Doing good. We, I mean, we all just saw each other, kind of. Kind of. The night previous to this uh, recording. recording. I saw Jay. I saw Yassine. Yassine didn't see Jay. Jay didn't and see Yassine. Jay <laughs> ran away because he was scared that I was going to kick his ass in Mario Kart. It's true. Yeah. Okay. It's true. He had, uh, like, like Yassine typically races with Peach in a pink car with roses, and it just terrified me. And I just, so I had to run away. Actually, Peach, he's a shy guy. That's, no. Hey. No, no. He races Peach, bro. I'm telling you. I know what I saw. Who, me? <laughs> yeah, you. I know what I saw. The fuck you going to this? Yeah, what the hell? I, I, I had to. Shy guy. I, I had to. Yeah. Shy guy. Yeah, but I, I had shy guy. Yeah, but yeah, and but I'm I was black Yoshi. Not like uh, yeah, and I like and I and at least when I do play Mario Kart, um, I am Roy because Roy's my boy. <laughs> so, oh man, Josh, every time he plays with black Yoshi, I want to make a joke, but I'm like, you know what? Honestly, uh, I'm gonna full confess uh, when I started quote-unquote training after we played the first time yeah. i picked black yoshi i don't know why because black yoshi looks cool and i i would start to say start to like search my nope. brain for black stereotypes knowing i shouldn't and i'd always stop at just the baritone voice oh, and i'm God. just like that's the only thing i say so literally every time i completed a track i just say black yoshi <laughs> god damn it <laughs> every single time <laughs> and a cool. stupid teddy bear fucking cart Anyway, speaking of MK, well, the other MK, which is Black very confusing, Yoshi. where we're like, hey, let's play some MK. It's like, are we talking about Mortal Kombat? We're we talking about Mario Kart. I figure everyone associates MK with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, yeah. Some of our friends, yeah. Unless yeah. you find someone that associates with metric kinetics. That's, what? that's a science what the term. fuck are we going to this shit? <laughs> but that does, you know dovetail into our topic of the day uh obviously this is a mortal Kombat podcast always will be a mortal Kombat podcast but we are gamers who you know explore a wide range of different 
uh, genres and franchises and stuff like that. And we felt like, you know, why don't we, you know, highlight that a little bit, you know, let people know what other types of games we like to play and, you know, just have a little dis- little gaming discussion a little bit outside of Mortal Kombat. Just a little get, bit. Get a peek into our heads about what we kind of, you know, you probably heard a lot about it, us gushing about other franchises, right? You know, we like other stuff. We do. And, I, you know, sometimes... Uh, <clears throat> we talk about other franchises so much as like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just have make a whole episode on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's I for- feel like we've talked about that before at some point. Like, I, we've talked about it so much. I, in my head, I feel like that was a podcast episode, but I don't. Think we've so. had an episode where I went on a Resident Evil tangent for so long, and then we got off of it, and then I knocked us back on the track again, and we talked about Resident Evil for another like. 10 15 minutes so yeah, it's, yeah. It, but it's not it's not the first time because you know like one of our previous episodes and it wasn't about games but we covered like fighting game movies that were not mortal Kombat, and we did a whole ranking thing well, on yeah. those very that fun episode by the way and then absolutely we all, banger of an episode yeah that was yeah that was a yeah, fun Elliot one. and neil here it was a party yeah, it's well, a Mario <laughs> party, you could call it a Mortal Kombat party. <laughs> um, but it what? But it was also just. I think like I think all three of us just you know throughout every episode we do we we usually intersplice our own opinions or uh, um, or like our like our hot takes you know here and there on different franchises that we are all into. So it's just pretty obvious. I don't know of any one person that is into just one thing. So, you know, small interjection to you said intersplice, which I don't think is a word. Um, since we were making fun of you, Jay, for, for your word flubs a couple episodes back, I have a funny story from last night after you left. <laughs> um, you see, knows it because I said the word epitome. <laughs> I was talking to the group and I said, that's the epitome of something. And someone else is like, don't you mean epitome? And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you talk-? No, those are two different words. And I literally brought it up my phone and I turned on the volume <laughs> and I hit the I hit the, you know, audio button to translate the word and it's an epitome and i'm like fuck you <laughs> fucking english jo- major and a writer and i fucking fuck that up well josh well josh join the club language is an ever-evolving thing so you can be like me you make up your own language i don't speak yeah. english i speak jay you speak jay yeah yeah sure i speak do. josh <laughs> <laughs> god damn yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's so, a yeah. epitome of Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so to start this off, let's let's go around the you know virtual table and um, let's start from the top level. You know what other French, uh, not a friend, what other genres outside of fighting games do we genres specifically? Yeah, like uh, I mean, obviously we like fighting games because we you know play Mortal Kombat, and obviously, if anybody knows this podcast, Jay is the fighting game dude of mm-hmm. the group. Uh, but yeah, what, I mean, what other franchise, what other genres do we, you know, are we into? And then we can break it down into, like, franchises within those genres if we want to. I'll defer to Jay, because I think I'm going to immediately go off on, on my thing, which is outside of Mortal Kombat, where Jay is the fighting guy, unless he has some surprises to tell us. Uh, and it might be better to ease in from fighting into other stuff. So, Jay, yeah, what's your shit? 
Uh, at least for me, uh, probably, uh, probably like the two that I love the most, uh, like outside of fighting games, um, are RPGs and Metroidvania type games. And obviously one of those is one of my favorite franchises of all time, but still Metroidvania is a coin term, so I'm going to use it. But yeah, basically... I still think that should be called Zelda, Metroid Zeldas. Uh, I, I actually just don't disagree with that. Metroid... Because, I mean, Metro, Metroid, its gameplay loop is pretty much borrowed from Zelda. Yep. And Castlevania didn't true. become a Metroid-like until Sympathy of the Night. Before that, they were just side-scrollers. So, really, yeah. it should be Zelda, Metroid, Zeldas. But anyway. It just, yeah, that that just has to do with the, S, uh, with the SNES and then just those two games coming out at around a similar time frame, which is late in the SNES lifetime, and then the term was just coined from there but you're not inherently wrong josh but yeah those uh metroidvania type games this does include like indie titles like uh one game i'm a big huge fan of that is just glorious in every way is hollow knight if any of our viewers have played that game that is a metroidvania um inspired game it's very hard it's very long it's very atmospheric stuff like that i really kind of dig or really just or really just almost um, at least in terms of like Metroidvania games or exploration games, any game that really doesn't give you a lot of information, like it doesn't hold your hand with information, you have to knowingly seek it out and or find it. Because in Metroid titles, it's you are a silent protagonist and you really have to like find logs and read them um, in order to sort of piece together the story. But you do that as an option. It's not inherent to uh, actually finishing the game, which is mostly if you just play the game just straight without really reading any logs or anything like that. It, it becomes a pretty standard action game, um, whether it's 2D or 3D. Uh, where you're just kind of just going around and shooting stuff. And you, you, you get to the boss, you shoot the boss, and then you just kind of keep moving on, and you may encounter a puzzle or two. Um, but it, it very much exploratory games are sort of like my thing. That's actually one of the reasons why I like RPGs. But RPG is a broad term. If I had to be more specific, I'm definitely more of a fan of like your, your classic turn-based RPGs. It could be uh, um, it could be Dragon Quest. It could be Chrono Trigger. It could be Final Fantasy. Um, it could be Legend of Dragoon. Um, if any of you guys have ever played that RPG before a long time ago. Um, uh, In fact, I have a copy of it. That's Super Nintendo, right? I think I have a copy yeah. of it sitting here. Yeah. It's a frustrating but- game. Most of these, most of these are, are like typically are like our Japanese games. Um, America really didn't explode too much into the RPG scene until much later on. But I still consider um, Mass Effect, uh, which uh, uh, oh, which oh, it, I'm sorry, I'm thinking Draken. I'm sorry, I don't know if Legend of Dragoon is Super Nintendo. Continue. Uh, I think Legend of Dragoon is PlayStation. I think I want to correct myself, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, Mass Effect is one of my all-time favorite game franchises, and I'll say this by saying that Andromeda did not really fit that bill too well. It tried, but it's just like like the well was already poisoned by the time Andromeda was being made. More it's like a miracle. Mass Defect, am I right? Yeah, Damn. Mass Defect. That's not a bad way to say it. You've seen it. It was a bit of a Mass Defect. I still, <laughs> I it's still to this day the only like um. Uh, the only RPG from the Mass Effect franchise that I have not beaten. I played most of it, but I never had a desire to beat it. <laughs> I, I, it just, I just lost interest. But Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, god tier. Love all three. I played all three multiple times. Um, uh, dr- uh, dr- uh, dr- what is it? Um, Dragon, Dragon Age? Uh, yeah, no, oh. dr- 
uh, Dragon Age, which is another RPG from the same company. That's another yeah. one I really, really dig. They did one, two, and three of that. Never really played a lot of them. I played a little bit of one, but didn't really get into it too much. But still, that's sort of like the medieval version of Mass Effect in a way. And then I've always been a fan of stuff like um, Diablo, which is not real, like Diablo and Warcraft, which is not really RPG, but it's more like um, I forget the genre of those types of games, like where it's like third person. And you're on a map and you have to build up your resources before you go in for an attack and stuff like that. RTS, um, like real-time strategy? Yeah, I think real-time. I think RTFs is real-time strategy. That's probably like a, a very distant third because um, until World of Warcraft became a thing, I did love Warcraft. I played the crap out of Warcraft 1, Warcraft 2, and Warcraft 2 Beyond the Dark Portal. Um, a very small bit of Warcraft 3. And then when WoW came out, I was like, nope, I can't get into that. And that was like... <laughs> And I think the original WoW came out like some like twenty some odd years ago, like over twenty some odd years ago. So I haven't been into that uh, genre of game for like a while. Um, and uh, to an even much lesser degree, I'm a big fan of like point and click games. Like if you ever played oh. us, yes, yeah, Secret of Monkey Island. I like I like point and click point and click we, we, um, we, action adventure we games. We crossed that bridge last episode. I didn't realize it was a point and click game. I also didn't know you were into point and click games. Well, there's so an Jay, old you one. would love Return to Zork. I should I pro- push that game I, on you. Yeah, I probably honestly would. You should go like, download it. It's fun. One of my like one of my all time favorites that I hold in probably too high a regard than I ever deserved um, is uh, back in the Genesis days. I played the uh, uh, the Beavis and Butthead game, and I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah. I, I know that's a brand game, but I love it. And the reason why I love it is that it essentially is a little bit of a point and click game it's at least inspired from it um there's very little action it's more like you you start a level in the beavis and butthead game and it's usually a level that you recognize from the show and you have to just dodge incoming objects and then you have to find key items and move and and insert those items in other places and sometimes in other levels which then almost have like a rude goldberg kind of effect with how you actually place each piece and then as you do, you keep getting pieces to a much larger puzzle. The entire game is more about finding um, and putting and putting together a very large puzzle that you have to solve while also dodging enemies and upgrading your weapons uh, to a degree. And also just doing antics from the show than anything else. And Secret, of Mon- and Secret of Monkey Island is a lot like that too. It has RPG elements, but not necessarily action-oriented stuff. And you don't really level up your character. But stuff like that, I tend to dig too. I like because I like the I like the mental challenge um, of it, and you know those are just I guess prime examples. Man, but the, the 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 two phrases Beavis and Butthead and mental challenge together. Yes, you wouldn't think so. But I promise you. I promise that would be you, a man. Totally different context. In <laughs> but dude, I, but did I promise you, man? Like that game. Like that game's that game is actually legit hard sometimes. Because I mean, it. You know, the premise is simple. Beavis and Butthead want to go to a Guar concert because, of course, they do. And their tickets. Hold on, hold on. What's Guar? Guar is a is a heavy metal band. It's a it's it's uh, yeah yeah it's a heavy metal band, and they're very much into like gore and crazy costumes and splatter, like the type of thing that Beavis and Butthead like would kiss. love. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, way worse, th- way worse than Kiss. I mean, way worse um, than Kiss. They came out later, yeah. Yeah, but they're but they get tickets to a Guar concert, and then of course their tickets get blown out of their hands, and then a dog rips up the pieces, and then the wind blows the tickets all over town, and you have to go and find them. And the tickets are in random places. They're they're in a tree. They're in a shack. They're in a sewer. Um, 
they're in a car where two people are engaging in explicit sexual activity <laughs> and you have to figure out how to get it out, <laughs> all this types of stuff. And it's all about just, you know, getting the, like getting the tickets and piecing them back together so you can go see the Guar concert. And it's all about talking to the townspeople and figuring out where to go and what to do. So it's, um, it's neat. It's very secret of Monkey Island for any viewers out there that know that game franchise. It's very similar to it. Well, except for the guar and those explicit sexual activity and all that. Yeah, they, all that stuff is window dressing, though. Um, but Metroid-wise... Uh, uh, hold on, before we go off a of point of click, uh, did you ever try the Secret of Monkey Island remake? No, I never played I, the remake. I, I tried that uh, a few years ago. Uh, it was fun. I just never... I just. It kind of just lost my interest after a while. But mm -hmm. playing with it initially, I was like, oh, I could see how this could be fun. Yeah, uh, some of those games, I think if you were to make a point-and-click adventure today, you, I, th I really think you have to have really good writing to really pull it off. Um, another good one that I haven't played, but I've seen people play it. Do you guys know the, uh, the cartoon or the original comic, uh, The Adventures of Sam and Max? I've heard oh, of no. it, and I've seen, I've seen it back in the day, like, images of it or something but i never watched it yeah yeah they made a cartoon about it but it's also an older like an older franchise but they made a point yeah. and click adventure game out of sam and max and even though i've never played it i hear it's really really good um because i've always mm. kind of wanted just to kind of mm. figure that out but i feel like if you're going to make a game like that there has to be an overarching purpose but you really have to also sell like really good dialogue and really good comedy um in your stuff if you're going to do a game like that just to keep engagement in um, this uh, Secret of Monkey Island was back in the day when LucasArts was creating like God tier games before they kind of got absorbed <laughs> into the greater ether of the game industry and then now I don't think that they even exist anymore or if they do it's under a different name but um, but yeah back in those days LucasArts could, could create some great stuff um, but nowadays at the very least uh, as far as franchises outside of fighting games that I always look forward to I always look forward to the next Metroid game I'm always on that hunt man I I will you guys know me about this I will buy a Nintendo console just for a Metroid game like I will absolutely do that because Sucker. I love I love all those games I've played all I've played all of them to a degree I haven't beaten them all but I've played all of them Love them all. I don't think outside of Metroid Other M, I don't think Metroid has a bad game in its um in its entire library. Uh, even the pin, even Metroid Pinball is fun, by the way. I like Metroid Pinball. <laughs> the Metroid Pinball? The, oh, sure there is. absolutely is. Yeah, it's just basically retelling Metroid Prime, but it's pinball. <laughs> and I think it's on DS too, and I think it uses gyro. Yeah, it does oh. use gyro. Yeah, and it's it's fun. It's just this. It's the exact same story of Metroid Prime. It's just pinball, and that's okay because. One of my I didn't know favorite... there was a fucking story in it. It's goddamn pinball. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, but it, there is one of my all-time old-school favorite games. Out, you know, you know, that's very Sonic-related is Sonic Spinball. I love Sonic Spinball. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sonic the Hedgehog, but it's pinball, and it's great. <laughs> so you know, just I'd say also that's another genre <clears throat> I like. I like pinball too, but you know, if I can't play a fighting game. In an arcade, I usually go for pinball, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. But yeah, I mean, at least for me, that's like my kind of like two cents on those franchises. But uh, for um, but for you, seen for you, what are two like like what are different franchise games that you like playing? Uh, well, I think the main one that I play a lot of is action adventure. So mm -hmm. like third person action games, third person action 
games with story. So, you know, I mean, the major ones that are, you know, in the forefront nowadays are like, you know, The Last of Us, Uncharted, you know, Marvel, Spider-Man, stuff like that, where it's, uh, I mean, Spider-Man is definitely, well, right now it's my favorite one, but uh, The Last of Us is like, I don't know, it's, everybody says it's very, it's, you know, super cinematic and stuff like that, it's the same thing that they used to say about Metal Gear, which is another one, which is probably my, one of, if not my all-time favorite franchise is uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, but they say, you know, it's super cinematic and, you know, there's a lot of attention put into the cinematic and stuff like that. Uh, but once you go from a gameplay and then you go to a cutscene, you kind of just put the control down. It's like, yeah, but I like the, the artistic aspect of, you know, telling a story through both gameplay, environment, and, you know, dialogue and cutscene stuff. And they, they kind of do, they've kind of mastered that. And I think... You know, as far as Naughty Dog, they're like one of the tops at that, in my opinion. And Insomniac is right up there with them because the Spider-Man games have been amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I like... I like action games and I like shooting shooters and stuff like that, but I also like seeing my character do things. But that's why mm-hmm. I gravitate more towards action-adventure than... Uh, you know, first-person shooters, even though I like first-person shooters too, but I, when I play first-person shooters, it's a lot of times not the average, you know, Call of Duty, Battlefield, you know, military type stuff. Fuck all that The closest that, yeah, the closest that I have to that is probably Rainbow Six Siege. And even then, it's like, it's more objective-based, I guess, because you're basically, one team is infiltrating, the other team is defending I, I just whatever. found out recently that Call of Duty, you heal by just standing still and taking cover. I'm like, what kind of fucking toddler bullshit is that? Anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that happens in... Uh, I don't know if that happens in Rainbow Six. Not really. No. Because you have to get armor. Uh, I think that's just... A, that's probably just a, a industry thing f- like that comes from Halo. Because I think Halo is the first so one stupid. where... Well, with with Halo, your he- your health didn't heal, but your shields did, like your armor did, because uh, okay. everybody has like because it's futuristic. So like you have like a, a bubble shield type of thing. thing, yeah, yeah. So then you know if you stay you know still and you know hide behind a wall for a little bit, that regenerates, but not your health. You have okay. to go and get health. So I I didn't know uh, you did that with uh, with uh, I mean what do you call it? I don't. I don't have a concrete Call source Duty. on that. That's just yeah. always heard. I've never played a Call of Duty game, of course. Yeah, I've I've tried Call of Duty games. Uh, never never multiplayer, which is a lot what most people play. I, I think I tried uh, Modern Warfare Two, like the story mode, a little bit. Uh, I was into it for a little bit, but it. I just I don't know. Military games don't really interest me outside of Siege. Uh, the other F, like first person that I've played a lot of. Uh, what was it? Like Overwatch, I've played that quite a bit uh, for like a while ago. Uh, I can't think of any of those. There was another one at the back of my head, but uh, but yeah, but basically, I like FPS, but more so I like action adventure games. Uh, I guess I don't know if this goes in that genre as well, but uh, like Devil May Cry, 
you know, hack and slash mm-hmm. type of game. I don't know if that's a, if that's in that genre or if it's a, its own thing, but it's I do related. like games like that. Yeah, I do like, you know, hack and slash games like that. Um, let's see. Outside of that, oddly enough, I like sports games, but not the traditional sports games, I guess. Well, you I think that FIFA. FIFA is as traditional as you can get outside of like Madden or uh, or NBA 2K or whatever. Because uh, FIFA is like all over the world, really. Um, so that's the one I play the most now. Uh, but back in the day, I used to play like NFL Street, uh, FIFA Street, NFL Blitz. I used to love NFL Blitz. Because like, I didn't like football. I still don't really like football. But I like the arcade Well, NFL Blitz and NBA Jam were that special type of genre where they they made the sport more fantastical and fun exactly uh so those those as far as like you know american sports like nfl blitz was the one that i played the most of um recently because i've gotten into wrestling i've been playing uh wwe 2k games and those are fun in their own ways uh they don't feel like the old school like n64 like you know wwf uh, oh, Wars of, or was it No Mercy and stuff like that, or uh, WCW Revenge? Those kind of games. They don't feel like that. They're they're a lot more technical, I guess, kind of. Um, but they're fun. Uh, there is a game that came out last year that literally has team members from those old, uh, what do you call it, No Mercy Revenge era games. Oh, that neat. they made a game for uh, AEW, which is another uh, wrestling brand that's like a competitor to WWE. So they made a game called AEW Forever, and it 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 looks actually it, honestly it does kind of look like those old games. It's not like the most graphically <laughs> impressive games, but I've heard that it feels like those old games, and a, with rough edges, it does play well. So. I, I don't know if I'd try that because I don't know anybody from AEW really. Um, but yeah, sports games, is the main one is FIFA. That's the one I'm big on. Uh, Jay said he likes RPGs. I, I've i tried a bunch of RPGs over the years. Uh, the only one I've ever beaten is Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I'm playing oh. Final Fantasy VII Remake now. I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast. You did, yeah. How, how much wanna, farther did you get in that? I want to play that game. I I don't know. I'm I need like to play chapter original. three or something like that. Uh, I think now I'm finally getting into the uh, what do you call it? The plot stuff. I was doing a lot of like random jobs and stuff, getting acclimated. But now I think I'm in the sto- in a little bit more of the story mode. So I'm gonna play a little bit more of that later. Outside of that, I don't know Pokemon. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> really. That's like I don't know if that really RPG. But uh, I, I would like babies. RPG, it is, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say it's basically it, like it's an RPG for kids, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's it, it like it's it's very elementary RPG, but it is RPG nonetheless. It's turn based. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. yeah. Um, uh, sc- side scrollers RPG. Uh, sc- sorry, side scrollers and beat 'em ups. I guess I'm just listing all of them, ain't I? Uh, <laughs> But I, I do like side scrollers slash beat em ups. Uh, Streets of Rage that came out like a couple of years ago, that game's amazing. Uh, I used to play. I mean, that's kind of all 
we had if it wasn't you know uh an rpg back in the day it was a side scroll or a beat-em-up but i love those games so i i like it whenever we get like an old school remake of those kind of games it was always fun yeah um but now they try to make it all complicated with all your you know hollow knights and your dead cells and all that bullshit i just want straight <laughs> up just want just want good old school side scroller beat em ups man i don't need no user ge- uh, or what is it called uh generated levels uh, uh um procedural symmetric yeah procedural generated yeah yeah so, some of the some of the some of, i would actually still say even though i'm like i didn't mention as one of my favorites in the genre i still have all the fond memories of playing things like the x-men arcade game which was a side scroller uh, beat em up um yeah. tur- uh, turtles in time and um the simpsons arcade game all three of yeah. those are god tier level like uh beat em ups true. and Even i will say simpsons? Like, that oh yeah dude the simpsons arcade game back in the day the beat em up version? I, oh, I don't know which. I don't know the. Uh, there's a beat em up Simpson. The only Simpson yeah, game I can think of is the stuff. Super yeah. Nintendo yeah. one. I don't remember I that. Played, okay. I used to play that in Chuck E. Cheese all the time. God tier, yeah. really? Okay. Oh yeah, it's really it good. Like you could yeah. do combo attacks too. Like if let's say if you and a if you and a friend like one chooses Bart, the other chooses Lisa, you can do combo attacks. <laughs> okay, I need to look <laughs> up great. this game apparently because the only one I know is a shitty Super Nintendo game, which I might talk about in my segment. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, great. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'd say I have a wide range of games that I like, but I do think that there are games that there are genres that I don't gravitate towards, but I sometimes want to, uh, like now a genre of its own, I guess, is the Soulsborne games that everybody's you know popular. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very popular nowadays. I could never get into them, but I'm I've started playing Lies of P a couple of days ago. Well, at least a demo. And goddamn, I still can't get through the damn demo, much less the rest of the game. It's so hard. But I like it. Feels simpler than like an Elden Ring or a Sekiro. Well, I don't know about Sekiro, but like a Demon Souls or a Dark Souls. It feels simpler than those games. I guess I've heard people say that it's a good jumping in point for those type of games. Um, it looks cool. It plays cool. It's just so freaking hard and i think my 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 the thing that i annoys me is that just the whole repetitiveness of you know going all the way back you know trying to get your health that you lost that where you died don't get hit by them though or you're gonna lose that health or whatever and you got to figure out a way to get around them and it's like it's weird like when it's games like that i'll do it like three four times and it's like okay i'm done but then I could play hours and hours of Sifu and it's basically the same damn thing. <laughs> so I don't know. But I want to try and play Lives of P because it seems really cool. Um, I think another thing that, like Jay said, he likes, you know, Hollow Knight and uh, games like that. And those are the ones like I've tried Dead Cells and I've tried Hollow Knight as well. Um, they're really cool. And they feel great to play with. It's just another thing of just like when you die and you have to do everything over again. Even though you can like upgrade your character. I think Hades was the same thing. Hades was another one that I tried. And I liked that game a lot. But I could never get past like the second stage. Because it was like every time I die I got to go all the way back to the beginning. And yeah, you're upgrading your character. And you're supposed to slowly be able to get past these beginning stages quicker and quicker. 
But man, my attention span is like I <laughs> maybe I'm getting worse at that. But it's like I I gotta play something else, which is weird because then I'll go and play FIFA and that's the same damn thing every time. But I don't know. It's weird, man. Maybe it's but I want to get into those. Games. I want to branch out, huh? And maybe it's just more captivating or something. Like you you know what you're getting in with FIFA. It's a shorter or gameplay Sifu, loop yeah. or Sifu even. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I think you're seeing you bring up an interesting point. Like when you said about like a, how games where you basically die and then you go back to the beginning and then you have to retrack everything, but you potentially, but in order to make progress, you get like little upgrades so you can do it potentially better and better and better. Um, that to me has always been kind of like the weird seek. I think I would like those types of games. I admit, I even the, it's funny. I actually own Hades, and I have not yet played it. I should because <laughs> it is. I do. I do keep hearing it's actually a good game. But I did. I, I did actually want to say that, like, I personally am a huge fan of games where you do backtracking. But there is a right way to do it because uh, if you do it in a wrong way, to where it really just feels more like a chore than you actually making progress or finding something that you just ultimately remembered is there that you couldn't get to and now you can. There needs to be a craft to it. Um, an example of this is like Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm going to bring that up. The, it basically, I always bring up that one as the way to not do a sandbox world because in a sandbox world, you can kind of go anywhere, but it does require you to backtrack to locations that you've already visited because of some quest line or something that you have to do. And in a sandbox world, I've often told you guys that the thing that makes those things obnoxious to me is that I always have to go back and just kill the exact same enemies in the exact same spots. But you know, in a Metroid game or hollow Knight, those same enemies are there too. Um, but there's ways to either like avoid them or you usually get at least something for them, like enough experience or mm -hmm. they heal you or something. But in games like mass effect where they're just kind of just there, sure. You may get some little items, but I feel like the, that it's more of a chore to kill them and then run away from the, or just run around them as opposed to actually engage them. Josh, I give the same criticism to breath of the wild for the same reason. Yeah, <laughs> Although yeah, it's not I'll give you that. It's not done as egregiously as Mass Effect Andromeda, though, because at least like with Breath of the Wild, you can you can you can turn into a psychopath and kill all the things. But the second that red moon just, comes up, yeah, they'll come back. Or you could just do what I do and just fucking avoid fighting. Yeah, it's like oh, there's a camp. I'm gonna walk, sneak past them. Yeah, but also it's like avoiding fighting to me is no fun because then you know in a big, huge open sandbox world, then why is it there? There has to be an incentive for you to want to go well, there. And with Breath of the Wild, you, know, you can play it however you want. You could be a, a, a battle warrior or you can be a sneaker, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I guess the broader point is that in 2D platforming games that use the same concept like Metroid or Hollow Knight, there's some enemies that you can't avoid. You have to go through them. Um or you can avoid them, but it's very hard. Um, and it's just sometimes better to actually engage them. At, but at the very least, when you defeat them, you get like health or ammunition or something that sort of makes it like, okay, you know, this can be a situation where I can like farm these guys in order to get something. And I kind of feel like that the... Uh, that the goal of backtracking, at least when it's done right, has that interwoven into its um, 
um, into its gameplay mechanics. It's not just something that you can that's just there for scenery that will always come back the second you kill everything. Because in Mass Effect Andromeda, if you kill the encampment or and you get like a little bit of points for it, like maybe a little bit of money or something like that, you drive away and the second that that camp is off screen, the second that it, that you come back <laughs> on screen, all the enemies are back there again, and you're just like, why? It, like it just makes you never want to go there ever again. And I just kind of feel like that's you know that makes it boring, that makes it repetitive, and that's what you don't want um, as far as like open sandbox world or a backtracking type of game. Yeah. Oh man, you just reminded me of open world games. Damn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, another thing too. that's another genre. Because I mean, I love GTA. Well, some GTA. I've played three. I've played four. I've played five. Uh, I've played a little bit of Vice City, but I've never played San Andreas. But I do love those like open world sandbox games. Those are fun. Uh. I think my favorite one, though, is... I don't know if you've ever heard of a game called Sleeping Dogs. I think I have. Yeah. It's uh, it's an open-world type game. Kinda. It's not as open-world as GTA. Not nearly. Um, but it's following, like, a... Hong Kong cop undercover in the triads. And it's basically GTA, but with martial arts as well. <laughs> see a theme with me but <laughs> uh that game was a lot of fun i love that game but uh yeah gta is the top of that uh i loved gta 5 but it was uh, at least on pc it was just unbearable to play because it was so so much loading times it was ridiculous oh shit yeah uh yeah i think that's it for me yeah man. Uh, outside of maybe uh battle royale games like fortnite that's another yeah. one mm. yeah like my my favorite open world game, without question, hands down, Elden Ring. To me, there's just no comparison. Is that an open world. Game? Wait, did you play? Yes. It? Yeah, uh, Elden Ring is absolutely an open. Oh world wait, game. that's it's the not... one you put like 140 hours in, or some crazy, or 300 hours. More than that. Shit. More than that. More than that. It was more, more like 300? 300. It was oh, more Jesus. like 300. Yeah, but no, um, Elden Ring is an open world game. It's also an RPG. They can be both because Final Fantasy. What is it? Uh, uh, 15. Yeah, 15. 15 was also an open world game as well as being an RPG. 16 is also an open world game as well as an RPG. I do want to play 16. Um, I really yeah, do want to play 16. I, I do want to play 16 too. I kind of feel like that at least Final Fantasy games, at least with newer titles, unless they just completely try something entirely different, are gonna are gonna use the are gonna use this concept just open world RPG. Final Fantasy games have been kind of like well, built to sort of be that because even old that schools, is oh, that is kind ahead, of the big thing now because obviously. Tears of the Kingdom came out. They doubled down on the open world, and supposedly the next 3D Mario game for the Switch 2 is going to be an open world Mario game. And you had Pokemon, whatever, what Arceus. It just wasn't that open world. Yeah, I think so. It just uh, it's it's the end thing. Yeah, for Zelda, it makes a ton of sense because if you go back to Zelda One, Zelda One is an open world game. It is an open it's not world, a 3D, yeah. but it is an open world game. <laughs> Now we'll get onto what I think about Zelda approaching that uh, gameplay uh, genre, but yeah, it, open world's the end thing now. It's the multiverse yeah. of video games. You know, yeah. we might get sick of it I mean, in a little bit. People already. I are. mean, I feel like it goes in waves. Like there was a huge surge, you know, in the two thousands of open world games because of GTA. That's why you got stuff like you know Saints Row and all that. And then people got tired of that, and then it went down for a bit. And now 
because of FromSoft games and stuff like that. I think that's starting to come up again, mainly because of Elden Ring. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's most of my genres, I think. Uh, Josh, what about you? Oh, yeah. Got to wake up here. Um, <laughs> um, Is Nintendo a genre? Fuck you, man. <laughs> I play some PC games here and there. Uh, no, I mean... Yeah, I'm a Nintendo bro, mostly, but, you know, I had a PC growing up, but most of my games typically do, seems like kind of like y'all, I think we got a theme going here, center around adventure and all that. Yeah, I like fighting games here and there. Uh, Mortal Kombat was, I guess, a weird outlier, maybe because the gore and violence attracted me later on the story definitely attracted me and you know of course i played street fighter like every kid owned a copy of street fighter but i generally did gravitate towards more yeah adventure games uh i'm not a big fan of first person shooters even though i did play doom on the pc back in the day and doom i still will hold up as one of the best games of all time uh but i don't care about quake Goldeneye, everyone loved. That was a special case. I never fucking played Halo or Call of Duty. I don't give a shit about that. Uh, but you know, that's the one. Yeah, I played. I played uh, Halo. a bit of Halo. Yeah, Actually, I, I lied. We played a little bit of Halos over Elliot's and stuff like that, just multiplayer. But I didn't play enough to be familiar with it. Never yeah. played it. But you know, me, my earliest childhood memories was, yeah, of course, yeah, Legend of Zelda, not the NES original, but Link to the Past and the Super Nintendo because that was my first real home system. You know, cap captivated my imagination because it's this lush world and i guess i guess i would say narrative driven games are kind of my thing even though in the past in the past episode i kind of poo-pooed on storytelling of video games at least the way it's done now uh the story is not so much important as at least the idea of a, a a narrative to drive you and get you interested in going through and exploring the world and as far as Zelda's concerned with Link to the Past I just enjoyed walking around Kakariko Village and exploring the thing I didn't give a shit as much as, as going to the dungeons uh, but I did just enjoy like that type of adventure game they were probably of course I love Super Metroid Metroid 2 my first ones that's a little different it's more Metroidvania but you know I'd, I'd experiment with so many random adventure games in the Super Nintendo uh, and RPGs, not so much, even though I'm a big fan of several RPG franchises currently, but I can't never seem to goddamn finish them. Uh, cause you know, I love, hmm, what? Uh, this is a dumb question. Yeah. And if I've asked this before, I apologize. Go. But Zelda's not an RPG? No. It's, uh, it's, it's an, a. We, we could Google here what defines an RPG, but Zelda is explicitly an action-adventure yeah. game because there aren't any RPG elements. You, there's no leveling. There's no turn-based right. combat. The only RPG element is, until recently, with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, You it was a self-insert character. You put your name into it. But outside that, there's no RPG elements yeah, at all. I guess, yeah, I guess I... I Unlike yeah, I was the opposite. I didn't play Zelda. Like the only Zelda game I've ever tried is a little bit of Ocarina of Time and Breath of the I, Wild. And I lent you a uh, Link Between Worlds. Didn't you play a bit of that? I did play a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And that's um, that's that's a quintessential two D Zelda game. 
if you enjoy that yeah. at the very least, then you like Zelda. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten. Uh, I didn't get that far in in uh, Breath of the Wild, but that game is overwhelming for me. <laughs> yeah, and that's not a quintessential Zelda game at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I did the first. Uh, what are those things called? Those Shrines. Yeah, no, no. Or, or the 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 divine beasts, aka, yeah. AKA the quote unquote dungeons. Yeah, yeah I did the first one. Which they're not uh, really. I did, I did one of them. They're not really good uh, exemplary Zelda dungeons. They're kind of. Uh, mm. <laughs> impotent versions of a Zelda dungeon. Uh, but like I said, I never liked the fucking dungeons playing Link to the Past. I I didn't like doing the dungeons. The music was sad and depressing. Which Miyamoto had said explicitly he wanted the music to be off-putting to make you yeah. feel in danger and want to get out of there. And of course I did. I wanted to get out of there. I want to go explore all the crazy characters. But it's like RPGs. It's funny when you, you mentioned sports games too. Because like I had a first taste of sports games and RPGs as a young child. Thanks to a company called Tecmo. <laughs> Because two games I tried out was Tecmo Secret of the Stars, which was an RPG game. And I never played an RPG game, no Final Fantasy or nothing. That's my first RPG game. So that's what introduced me to the concept of random encounters. And I got so fucking frustrated as a kid. Because I'm like, what the fuck is this? I walk five feet and a battle comes up. What the fuck is this shit? I got so frustrated with it. And then Tecmo Super Bowl, where I was like really young and I wasn't familiar with the rules of football. So I didn't understand plays. I didn't understand that you yeah. do a play and you stop. And I was getting so frustrated. So it's like, <laughs> fuck football. Fuck RPGs. <laughs> Zelda was my thing. And generally, you know, side scrollers. I generally, now I kind of am dismissive about a side scroller. I don't, and same for Metroidvanias. It doesn't automatically attract me. Never mind that, of course, I played all sorts of Mario and Sonic, Sonic you know, back yeah. in the day. Uh, yeah. or, or Bubsy. Bubsy was my jam. Jay, I know you remember yeah. that. And Ario the Acrobat. The, the, wow. Yeah, man. I didn't obscure, heard that. Obscure centuries. <laughs> but I think, I think the, the, the market has now become super saturated with it because everybody's doing the nostalgia, you know, uh, make a 8-bit style, like, game yeah side scroller type of thing so there's a lot of them out there but there are a lot of good ones out there too like oh yeah like i won't deny they're good ones i think i yeah. uh well jay was playing celeste that looked really awesome i'm never oh, gonna play it was so good it looks so fucking hard yeah celeste is good um I, I like the unifying of the theme of this girl trying to get over uh self-confidence issues yeah. Tied in with the fact that the game is exceedingly fucking hard, so it kind of ties into the theme of that. That's brilliant, but not my type of game. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, platformer, I'll play the iconic ones. But yeah, as a kid, Zelda was my jam. Star Fox was my jam, even though that's a completely different genre. But uh, anything that had kind of just a bare-bones narrative to throw you in and get you involved and feel like you're going on an adventure. Because I'm not one for multiplayer games. I've been getting into multiplayer lately. Obviously, with current-gen Mortal Kombat, that's what it's centered around. Our friends roping us into uh, fucking Fortnite and, you know, me discovering Splatoon. Like, games like that. Like, yeah, it's fun to play, but I'm kind of like, 
Jay, Jay said, like, this is a Killer Clowns game out, but he's not as much interested in it because it's a, one of those uh, isometric... Asymmetric. Asymmetric, yeah, thank you. Horror games, and Jay would rather have a first-player experience. And I'm kind of the same way. I did play the Friday the 13th one on Switch. Had some fun, linked up some people, but sometimes I just want to... I don't want the social pressure of connecting people. I just want to play an experience. So that's where like Zelda comes in. I guess it depends so. on the game. Yeah, because I, I'm also at the the point like if if it's a game that you know has single player and it's the, what I'm there for. If they tack on a multiplayer, more often than not, I'm not going to play it. Yeah, like uh, apparently, like because I'm playing Doom Eternal right now. Apparently, Doom Eternal has a multiplayer. I could give a shit about it. I might try it eventually, but you know, it depends. Cause like, yeah, cause like, Uncharted two or three had a multiplayer aspect to it, but it was actually pretty fun. Um, but I wouldn't say I'd go there for that. Yeah. But games like Fortnite or like before Fortnite, I played PUBG. Right. Uh, right. There's there's a there's merit to having those kind of social games, especially when it's not. When it's more like a hangout thing where you're just like hanging out and chatting over Discord while you're playing this game. Yeah. And once in a while you get pissed off or whatever. <laughs> or like games, you know, like PUBG was like more, I think it was harder to <laughs> to chat in that game because it was more intense, I think, than Fortnite. But Fortnite is more of a chill hangout game. Yeah, apparently now you could just fucking do like the Second Life thing in Fortnite where they just have islands where people chill out and they don't even fight they just chill out and well there's dab. like a minecraft mode with the oh, now stuff. there's yeah the stupid lego thing i don't know much about that but... i tried I, it it's it's a uh, i don't know I'm not i'd rather familiar. play minecraft, minecraft honestly yeah and i you know i did dabble in minecraft one time big uh, believe it or yeah. not a, a co-worker of mine a boomer co-worker of all things was like you gotta try minecraft because he got it for his kid and he got into it and he's like you should try minecraft and i did i put it in my a laptop and I played a little bit of it. I dug a hole, turned night, and there were spiders and this creepy. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. But I never played it after that. But I could see how it could be an obsessive thing. But oh, that that I've I've wasted so many hours. Like, yeah, I, not wasted. Oh, but like, yeah, that's the key. <laughs> hours, because it's kind of like what Jay says. Uh, not to, not to speak for Jay, but as far as like you know, avoiding speak for Jay, <laughs> avoiding like you know. <laughs> never-ending games, avoiding MMOs, avoiding shit like that that yeah, are just yeah, time yeah. sinks. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, I think that's why I'm kind of like, I'm realizing my jam more is a, a narrative-driven experience game, but that can be finished in 20 hours versus a Breath of the Wild-type game or an RPG where you could I mean, dump, yeah. you have to dump 120 hours. Because, like, I love the RPGs I played. It's just like... I, I have a cool down moment where I'm like, okay, I'm done for it for a bit. And then it's so much time. Is, I've been working on my playthrough of Etrian Odyssey 4 for eight years now. Eight years. You're still playing that game. I mean, the last time I played it was like four months ago. I picked it up and tried to get through. I'm in like the very yeah. last dungeon, not counting the post game. So I'm this close. But it's just like, I'm, it's just chipping away. Versus, which I'll get into a franchise I like, obviously, my big thing besides Zelda, Resident Evil. I blew through Resident Evil 7 on a second playthrough. It's a 20-hour game. Picked it up, played it, done of it. Great experience. And then I did the same yeah. with I, I, you know, I, I think, think that, that's more my jam. I think what... I mean, obviously, it's, it's something that we... You know, everybody's talked about. As you get older, 
you have less and less free time. So yeah. you want to focus that free time on things that you get more bang for the time that you're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, yeah. Whereas like 10 years ago or whatever, wait, how was, how was, how was <laughs> late, late twenties, whatever. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say? It, it was easier to, to be able to, it was easier to sink in that much time. Even if I had a job or whatever, it was like, well, you know, I could get online with my friends and play like five hours of Minecraft where we're just shooting the shit and building stuff and mining for like forever. Yeah, but even like back in my childhood, well, online wasn't a thing then, so I never really played online games. My version of online was like uh, talking to my friend over the phone while we each individually played Ocarina of Time and telling each other what we discovered. You know, it's kind of a neat little social Ah, dynamic thing. And uh, fucking... Never really gotten to RPGs as a kid, except for fucking Mario RPG, which guess what? I never finished. I also bought the remake, played it, and I got to about where I dropped it as a kid, and I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I'd be more about, yeah, your Zeldas and all that. And I guess I'm going to get into, mm. like, a philosophical question, too, is about what do you look for when you play games? And for me, because it's like always a thing, you see the Boomer comics, the... uh there's a one boomer comic, boomer humor comic, where it's like a, a kid that's uh, his parents buy him a computer for, you know, early childhood gift. And then it, it fast forwards into his teens and early adulthood and he's glued to the computer and his parents are begging him to get a job, get responsibilities. And like all you see over hovering over his head is like one up score, high score. Like it's a competition thing. And like the very last panel is just the mother. The father's passed away because his pictures on the wall. And then the final panel is his mother completely like destitute and elderly and unable to care for herself, but the son's still playing video games. That's supposed to warn you about being addicted to video games. But God damn it. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing you see. High score, all that. Who the fuck ca- I never cared about a score. Competitive. I play a game to get in it's it's like an immersive thing. I play it to get into an experience. So that's why I like Zelda. Or, you know, I'll get into it. Resident Evil. Entering a world full of danger and adventure that I can safely, you know, have, you know, explore in. That's why I like video games. So I guess that's what... Yeah. Mm. I'm going to actually agree with Josh um, on this one because there is... Like even in like even in certain like certain people play certain games for different reasons. I like uh, I'll bring up Metroid as an example. There's there's a lot of people that um, that love Metroid predominantly because after they beat the game the first time, they love going through speed runs because mm-hmm. they find ways to. Sort Never of, been my thing, um, but I respect not, it. Yeah, yeah, or, or like, and actually, Dread is a great example of this because Dread actually leaves little fine ways in the game for you to break sequence and get to a place earlier than you're supposed to. It's hard to do, but if you have ambition and persistence, you can get upgrades earlier than you're supposed to. And then in theory, if you know the proper route, you can uh, beat the game faster. I kind of am fascinated by the idea when someone the first time tries to play a game and then they go through it, then they would go through it a second time and try to find different shortcuts and sequence breaks to complete the game as like in as fast as possible time. 
And games like Metroid traditionally reward you for that because some some of those games give you um, alternate endings um, mm-hmm. or more of an ending in this case if you actually hit those milestones. So it's all built into that, and I can definitely respect it. But I love games like Metroid for actually taking in the atmosphere, listening to the music, enjoying looking at just the design of the entire world like i i am a you know i am the guy that likes to smell like basically you know you know that basically like to smell the flowers um in the field or like walk in the forest for the trees as opposed to just get through the forest or the yeah. like like which is why i never like doing the um, dungeons of zelda i wanted to hang out in kakariko village instead yeah and then you know i kind of put the same emphasis on that like for Resident Evil. I'm not as big of a fan of Resident Evil as Josh is, but I can. There's definitely Resident. I've definitely played a lot of them. Some of them even with Josh. And my favorite thing about it is I love how it builds this sense of dread. Nothing makes me happier than I than when I know that there's a hallway that looks eerie and terrifying, and I know the second I go down, I know something's going to jump out at me. I know it's going to happen, but I don't know when and I don't know what, and yet I still have to do it. And then sometimes it may not even happen. Sometimes the game is just messing with you, and I love yep. that feeling. That feeling of full immersion, um, I think, is <laughs> there fantastic. You go, and it doesn't Keyword, have to... Immersion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immersion is what I generally like about it, and um, and also that's that. But that also because I'm addicted to it, that's another reason why I can't play games that never end. Because if I do, I'll start, <laughs> um, I'll start getting into. Yeah, well, if well, you've seen, you're not wrong because obviously I play a game that never ends, but it's not. You know, it's a mobile you're game, about but tab. still. Yeah, I'm talking about Pad. I can no, never again, that you're shit. Sort of... Elden Ring counts, yeah. Well, no... well that's the thing. <coughs> Elden Ring, I'm going to play the DLC when it comes out, but guys, I've actually, like, I haven't played it in months, and I think I'm done. I think but I'm done until the, the DLC comes out. Oh, absolutely, I beat uh, the game. And then I did a new and then I did a new game plus, uh, but I didn't beat new game plus uh, uh, because, because Elden Ring is one of those games where... It's so vast and so big, and if you're like me and you want to do everything, it almost becomes a double-edged sword in a way because you know you do so much and you invest so much time and effort to building your character and doing what you want to do that by the time the game ends, you love everything you did, but it feels kind of like a massive chore to do it again because you've already done everything. You know what's out there. You know what's coming. There's no surprises anymore there's no interesting new worlds to see it just becomes in my opinion a far less appealing as far as like replay replay value and i feel like a game in order to truly be successful very long term has to have good replay value which is again one of the reasons why i love fighting games they're very they're very quick it's just like a match will take like a minute two minutes Hmm. five minutes well they're quick but it's a never-ending game because there is no end game it's just i'm gonna get online and play some peeps and you know, yeah, you say one match, but what do we always say when we're playing in person? One, yeah. one, one more match turns into twenty more matches. Yeah, but and like, also, Jay, like it's I, maybe it's because I'm not a social gamer. I always get in this thing playing MK One and Eleven when I'm playing online of people, especially on Nintendo, where I can't communicate with them vocally, so I have to go completely on body yeah. virtual body language. I don't know when to yeah, stop. It's but, like but, one or two matches. Should I keep going? It's like the social awkwardness thing. I don't know. It's it's uncomfortable. Well, 
I kind of feel like that is something that you just sort of like learn to navigate as opposed to any rule book written for it. Because I actually like that about fighting games. Because if I'm if I'm playing someone who I don't know anything about, which is pretty much all cases, if I'm playing online, um, then okay, eventually they'll quit or I'll quit. It'll be one of the two. We're not like we did like just because we're linked to each other, we didn't just decide that we're going to play each other for five hours. Usually, if I'm going to do that, yeah, and so. It ends up being quick, but I, but even if I play the fighting game for you know like maybe an hour or five hours, I really didn't make any progress from the game's perspective. I maybe learned a couple of new combos, a couple of new techniques, learned to match up better, but all that is internal. It's not external to the game. I didn't explore like a new world. I didn't level up my character or whatever. Maybe at the most, I got something very cosmetic, like a new costume or something. Um, that to me is a different sort of uh, perspective to view it from because yeah, it's a never ending game, but it's not a never ending time sink of a game. It, it is what you want it to be. It's not like, wow, where you have to form like you're with a party, you get to go on a raid, you have to love up yeah. your character to go to this spot and this spot, or, or you want to collect all these weapons to do this thing, to go on this raid with these people. It's like all that stuff is way too complicated, but it's also, Again, very immersive if you let it immerse you. And my fear, which is why I try to avoid games that never end, is that I'll get so immersed in it that I will invest so much time and effort that I can't just walk away from that. I've got to keep playing because I want to return on my investment Well, if time. you're not like me, <laughs> so, like I could get sucked into the game of that, as I often do, because I am a man. I am a man of obsession, but my obsession is very limited. There'll be a cutoff point where I'm done. And I'm not I'm not complete with a game yet, and so that's why I, I wouldn't fear a game like Elden Ring or something like that because I would get sucked in and I'd spend way too much time on it and not get productive shit done. But there'd be a point where I drop it, and that's also yeah. why I don't want to play it because I don't want to spend money on a half completed game. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, but open world games. All all open world games technically, it, like if they're worth their salt, they technically never end because you just basically beat the main storyline and then you can just goof around. But how many times in GTA can you run around and see what your like how many star levels you can get and how long you can avoid you know everybody on on planet Earth coming after you before they finally well, get there's you. always like, something again, interesting, isn't there? Like Bigfoot in GTA, you can go find Bigfoot well, in the forest. The, I mean, at that point, you can you make your own game. Yeah. With open world. Yeah, which yeah. like Breath of the Wild too. Like everyone just makes their own fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and once once you make your own fun, but still, you make your own fun, which means that you naturally have a limit to it. Yeah. So you will get bored. You want you you're gonna want to move on to other things as opposed to like a never ending game, which will constantly be pushing more and more different content scenarios for you to keep you engaged fully to where you can't really walk away from it and. I would fall for that trap incredibly easily. I mean, I, I kind of view it that the way I spend 300 hours in Elden Ring because I have to do every like little thing or a Final Fantasy game yeah. where I have to do every little thing. Like, that's an addictive personality. I kind of recognize that early on. And I realize, okay, I can't play these, you know, these never-ending games. That's why I'm not, it's why I don't get into Fortnite. It's why I'm not into... Like, I never got into EverQuest, never got into WoW. I'm not going to get into any of these other ones that are coming out that never end. I mean, hell, you got... I've been playing Puzzles and Dragons for six years. Pro, God tell knows us how, how much money Yeah, I was about to say, tell us how much how money you, you confessed to us one time. It might have increased since then. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> increased since then. 
I, I, dude, all I got to say, I lost count, but I guarantee you, if you count over over the course of like six years of me playing the game, it's definitely over a thousand. I know okay. I've spent that much. Yeah. Have they and, Have they uh, brought back Kamen Rider or Ultraman or anything like that? Yeah, they've, they've rerun them several times. Blazer, Ultraman Blazer is in the game now. So, Shit. Yeah. Blazer. They brought him back. Damn. Yeah, Bla- yeah Blazer's See? in the game. They just... They they recently did it right now in Pad. They're doing um, a Final Fantasy collab, Final Fantasy sixteen. So Clive, the main character of sixteen, he's in the game. Yeah. So yeah, they they, they keep doing. So, this is what I mean by like more and more content, but, more and more power. Yeah, creep, this is kind of why I haven't semi related. Why I haven't downloaded a fucking uh, oh, what's the monster fighting game? Bro, monster War- monster hunter? hunter? No, 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 no fighting game, dude. Um. Gigabash, because you know they got the Godzilla DLC and they got Ultraman DLC now uh, recently with Tiga and OG Ultraman and, and a couple others, and it's like, oh man, I would uh, download that. But that's once again kind of a social game, and I guess a brawler game, which hasn't been my thing. I played I played your Final Fight back in the day, a little bit of that. I played Alien vs Predator Super Nintendo, pretty fun, but typically not my genre. So, and plus, it's kind of yeah. centers around the multiplayer, so I just haven't got around downloading that but you think i would because godzilla ultraman fuck but no uh i back to the question of you know why do you play certain games or what's the motivation uh i guess i am kind of the person that's like it depends on the genre or it depends on the game like with fortnite or with uh something like devil may cry you some i mean you were you're you're going for the gameplay you're going for at least for Devil May Cry, there is a story depending on the game. Um, but you are also, you know, trying to get that high score. Uh, mm-hmm. With Devil May Cry, you get the high score, you get more orbs, you'd be able to customize and upgrade your character more. So there's a reason for that. With Fortnite, you, you know, do more objectives, you know, get more eliminations, you get more battle stars, you can buy more skins or whatever. Uh but for the most part, when it's like a lot of the other games that I play, uh, immersion is the main thing. Story is also a main thing. Uh, depending on the game, like for example, with Metal Gear, it's an action game, but it's also an, you know, I always love the tagline of Metal Gear. Technical espionage. Technical like, okay. espionage, okay. <laughs> it's, and it's true. I, I mean, mean, it tells you everything right in, there. Spy glasses and all that shit, right? Yeah. You can go in guns blazing or you can try to be sneaky and, you know, walk around in a cardboard or whatever. You you can kind of play the game as you want it, especially as you get into like Metal Gear Solid 3 and 4. I heard 5 is the epitome of that or the epitome, as Josh says. (laughs) Fuck you. uh, (laughs) But I haven't played that game yet. I want to play it. Uh, But I think I... I haven't played it. It's been out for like five, six years or something like that. But I haven't played it because it's technically the last Metal Gear. I know they're doing like a remake now of 3 and they've done like remasters, quote unquote remasters. But it doesn't have Kojima in it. And if it doesn't have Kojima in it, I don't think Metal Gear can really be Metal Gear. Yeah. Doesn't have Kojima. Fuck, he is Metal Gear. He, he, I mean, he left Konami like years ago. Right. Yeah. Because of the sound. That's why Death Stranding is a thing. That's why, yeah, that's why Death Stranding is a thing. That's under his own company. Whereas, uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five is the last game he worked on. And he, even then, he left 
uh, after during production, like maybe I don't know how many percentage of the way it was more than halfway through, but he left, or they I guess they now he got his uh, told him to leave. Sally collects seashells by the seashore game, whatever the fuck that's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but what I liked about those games is that you get into the character. You know, mm. um, when you play games like Splinter Cell, which is another one of my favorite genre, uh, franchises. Um, the aim of it is to, you know, obviously there's a story in there or whatever, but the game aim of it is to like get through the levels without alerting, you know, anybody if you can. Yeah. Obviously, if you do, you, there's a way to get out, but the main thing is to like keep your, you know, alert level low. Yeah. And even in the first, I think in the first game, you couldn't progress to some of the later, to, to the next part of the level unless you're, you know, clear. And you don't have any, you know, you haven't warned anybody of your presence kind of a thing. And I love those kind of games because it's like you get into it uh, when it's something like, you know, Uncharted or The Last of Us. You get into the character and you start like, for me at least, like when I play Uncharted, it feels like a swashbuckling action game. So I kind of play it that way and try to, you know, you know, fight people in a way that looks cool cinematically or whatever. And with The Last of Us, it's like you're trying to survive. So you're doing whatever you can to get through this level without, you know, alerting people because you know that you don't have much resources and stuff like that. So you do get immersed. And that's I love yeah. that about a lot of those games. Um, people say, you know, action adventure. Oh, you just kind of go through the story and you kind of watch the cutscenes. But like if you are really into it, you, you know get immersed in the character you could you start to act like the character like when i play spider-man there's you know the main objective and there's like side missions but then there's also like this thing where you know uh you have an app that you, you developed or, or or your friend develops that you know anybody who's you know witnessing a crime or you know someone stole their car or someone's you know robbing a bank or something like that it'll pop up and it'll show you where it is in real time in the world while you're swinging and you have the option to go there or not. If you don't do it, it doesn't really matter unless you're trying to be a completionist. But I have a hard time not doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm freaking Spider-Man. It might make Why you feel bad. It's like, people? oh, man, this guy's getting his car stolen. Fuck, I should go help and him. And there are times when, I, when I'm when i like, oh, man, I'm at the middle of the story. Like, I want to get to this next objective to further the storyline. You know, Venom's going all crazy. I got to do something. But then you see someone, like, is stuck. Is, getting uh, stuck in a tree someone, or something. Someone... Someone took their car and they're trapped in the trunk, and they're like, "Well, you, I, uh, sorry, dude, I, Venom's about to destroy the world." Like, I, I, I love that. I love that. That sounds awesome, man. So, I need to play Spider Man. It's it, you get that, and, you, you, and uh, the dialogue and stuff helps put you in that character, you know? Yeah. Um, and even there's even times where like you know you get through like a big part in the story, and you know you get to this climax, and then you're at the next part, and but there's like a lull, you know. And even like Peter Parker would be like, ah, you know, I need to clear my head. Time for some, you know, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man kind of thing. Let's see what's going on in the city. And it, it gives you time to like, you know, do some side missions or, you know, do some, you know, solve some crimes or whatever, you know. Yeah. And it kind of puts you in that mindset of like, okay, once in a while, you know, swing around, see what's happening, you know, interact with the city. It seems like there's so, a connecting thread here uh, for all of us. And that is immersiveness. Seems like that's mm. what we like. Yeah, it's true. It's it's. I feel like that's 
a lot of people a lot of developers aim for that you know that's like, why i can't get I, I can't understand people playing uh playing vidya in public on their dd 3ds or whatever or on their switch because you're not fully invested or, or listen to music in the background too it's like you're not fully invested i want to i want to curl up like i'm reading a book and but at the, the same fireplace. time what game are they playing i don't know uh, i mean 3DS, i mean no? it could be anything we were just at a party where a girl was playing her, her steam deck the whole fucking entire time uh i don't know what she was playing should have asked but, I mean, it could have been one of those games where you kind of just you're just kind of um, grinding something, and it's not. You're I not guess, really but I still even can't. Thing, you know, like I tried doing that thing when I was getting into Etrianazi. I was playing one of the remakes, at, you know, at my family's house, and I figured like, oh, I'll just play a little bit while I'm down here. And I felt wrong. One, I felt wrong because I'm like, I should be spending time with my family. And two, it's like even even the grinding stuff. It's like. I still want to focus on it. I can't. I I can't do that multitasking thing. If I play a game, I want to be focused on it. Yeah, I mean, different people have different. You know, like I said, we have different objectives. It's than like play playing playing my 3ds on the bus, nah, bro, because I'm gonna be more aware of like the guy that's gonna shank me. I wish I did. Um, or you know, but I, I could re- I, I could read a book on the bus, but the book only requires one sense. The game requires multiple senses. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it also depends on the game. Again, if you're like, I can see playing Pokemon on like the train because like, maybe, you know, unless it's like, uh, I mean, a lot, also a lot of that is like, you know, you're reading it. So if you put your headphones on, you're kind of just immersed in it, I guess. But it's not like, like if you're playing like Zelda or something like that, or if you have a switch and you're playing Breath of the Wild, it's like, that's a little bit harder to do in public, I think. I just like if I'm playing a game that I'm just like passively like you know grinding or something like that. I don't know. It's just I can't imagine if 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 I'm killing time, but I can't fully sink myself into something. I don't see myself doing something menial like that. Like oh, grinding up my characters. I'll I'll want to either pay attention to what's going on around me or sink myself completely into something like a book. I don't know. I just don't like the the menial task. If it's a menial task, why am I fucking doing it? I want to enjoy a game. Well, I mean, also some games have menial tasks in between the more immersive stuff. So it's like, you could be like, oh, you know, I need to grind this character, do this, 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 and and I don't need to completely pay attention to it. But I want to get it done so that when I have time to myself, I can get I mean, into the... I, I will confess, for Etrinodicy, I looked up a trick to level up because, you know... There's a little OCD thing. If you get your characters don't yeah. not evenly leveled, because I had a character at level twenty, but one at fifteen, I learned a trick on YouTube to uh, you can set preset paths for characters to walk around. So I just yeah. I, I just make my party the one under leveled character, set her on a pre uh, set path. I set a book mm-hmm. on the A button, <laughs> and I I. Uh, okay. So basically, anytime a, a random encounter comes up, the A button auto attacks, and I walk away. <laughs> and I come back an hour later, and my character is level twenty. I've done that. What the? Fuck? <laughs> wow. That's the part I can't do. If I'm gonna level up a character, I want to do it myself. Yeah. But uh, fuck grinding, man. Yeah. Perfect RPG. Um, so let you level up as you progress. You shouldn't have to grind. But anyway. True. That's true. Um, I guess here's a question. So we we all talked about the genres and franchises that we have uh, that we like. 
do you have any franchise loyalties? Is there is there a franchise that speaks to you personally that is like this is my franchise? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, go for it. Who should go first here? I'll go first. Um, uh, my mine it, like it, like if so if they make another Mass Effect game, then it's going to be Mass Effect. Metroid is probably the number one on my list because I will buy I, I'll I'll buy a console just to play the next Metroid game, even if it's the only game I ever own on that console. I'm still going to do it just to play the next Metroid game. So that has my loyalty, full stop. And then um, I would say, and I would say Street Fighter. I'd say those three in particular, I think are my three big ones. But Mass Effect, but Mass Effect, I'm not sure if they're going to make another game because Andromeda just didn't perform at all. And it's kind of a lightning in the bottle scenario that the first three games are as good as they are. Um, So I don't know. Um, So Mass Effect might be over, but, um, but Metroid and Street Fighter will continue to move on. And obviously they, both of those have, um, have my loyalty for sure. Josh, there you go. Uh, well, you've called me the Resident Evil guy, so yeah, mm. it's either Resident Evil or Zelda for me. Um, I described how I first came across Zelda. Uh, Jay, Jay was nice and brief, but I won't be. Uh, Resident Evil sung to me way back when I was like, you know, preteen, and I was a Nintendo bro. I didn't even fucking have a PlayStation, but I read about Resident Evil in GamePro, and it sung to me because it's like. Once again, it's immersive. It's putting you in the middle of a horror movie. I loved horror movies. So, like, I'd read the strategy guides and knew the story. And when it, if Resident Evil 2 finally came out on uh, N64, almost said Super Nintendo, I loved the fucking shit out of it. And it, it was totally me. It, once again, is a nice 20-hour game. Not, not too super expenditure. It's super immersive and atmospheric. It's scary. It's involved. You, you have to do the item management, and that's like 200% my type of game. Uh, so I would say, and ever since then, you know, got the GameCube, and I had that very brief moment where Resident Evil became a Nintendo exclusive franchise for those very brief period, and it, it produced two of the best games in the whole franchise, Resident Evil Remake and Resident Evil 4. Uh, and then, you know, then they went and got ported to other systems, and, you know, now I can't play five, six, seven until years later. But like I said, consistently since then, been a Resident Evil dude. Uh, and part of that is with Jay. Uh, since, you know, he, he lets me into the Xbox world and stuff like that. So when 5 came out, played a little bit of it with Jay's. I never finished that one. Uh, but then 6, 7, and 8, Jay and I, it's almost been a tradition now, played with each other. Oh, that sounds dirty. Um, We played... <laughs> We play the game. We play the games together, which kind of does rob a little bit of the horror. At least for seven and eight, six is great because six is just trash, fucking heap of a game. But uh, yeah, yep. but uh, yeah, no. So, and when nine comes out, I'm gonna be super excited uh, to fucking play nine. And I think yeah, that's my series. It's had its up and down. Zelda would be my second one, even though. I've said more than once already, I have not bought Tears of the Kingdom yet, and I still haven't. And you know what? I think I'm not going to. Uh, I think I'm just really? going to not. Yeah, man. Because, uh, like, Skyward Sword was a big uh, wake-up call for me. I didn't. I bought it. I bought a Wii U. I bought a Wii for it. Uh, Jay said buy a Nintendo system for Metroid. Fucking hated it. It's a decent game, gameplay-wise. But it didn't have any what makes Zelda Zelda for me. And that's the sense of adventure. It just totally gamified it, didn't feel right. 
And uh, Breath of the Wild was good, but it was a drastic course correction. Feel like they couldn't do wrong with it. And there was so much still wrong with it that was still wrong in Skyward Sword. Like the the shrines and the Koroks, who gives a fuck about them? They seem like so... It's not a reward. I go to the top of this mountain. I want to find something. Oh, it's a Korok seed. Yay. So, and it pretty much centers around the guy that's in charge of right now, A.G. Anuma. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I don't like him. I don't like what he's doing to Zelda and Tears of the Kingdom might be fun. I might play it, but it literally is. I played Breath of the Wild already. Uh, so I, I want to wait till Zelda goes back to the drawing board again. Maybe goes back to traditional Zelda. Uh, so, yeah. So here's a question for because you're a, a lifelong like Zelda fan. Do lifelong Zelda fans not like uh, Breath of the Wild as much as everybody else? Because I feel like, mm, I mean, that's kind of a. 50, I feel like that's a fifty-fifty question. Because I feel like the when I, cause I like whenever I look at like you know gaming you know podcasts or YouTube channels or whatever, they always say that, you know, Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest games of all time kind of a thing. And I also noticed that it's it's a very, it's a game that hit the mainstream because, you know, everybody wanted the Switch and that was the, literally the, the first game to come out on the Switch and everybody fell in love with that game. And I know a lot of people who weren't Zelda fans who got into that. Yeah, that, Zelda that's why it's that a fifty-fifty question because, like, there there yeah. are there are old school Zelda fans like me that did love Breath of the Wild because it was a breath no pun intended a breath of fresh air. Uh, it was a nice course correction from Skyward Sword, but yeah, so many other people, Breath of the Wild is their first Zelda game, and it yeah. was like you know, so yeah, uh, that's really fifty-fifty. Uh, you see, there there probably are some Zelda fans that didn't like Breath of the Wild, but I think pretty much everyone fucking loves Breath of the Wild. I like Breath of the Wild, but there's a lot of it I don't like, too. Uh, mm. I wouldn't say, like, there was an overwhelming wave of, like, this is awesome when I first played it. But now that I've completed it, I can't say it's, like, one of my, like, must perfect Zeldas. My perfect Zelda would probably, over the time, Ocarina of Time is over overrated, overrated a little bit. Majora's Mask is my my goat, and then everyone mm-hmm. hates it. Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is it's it, it, it simultaneously the best perfect Zelda game that could be realized, and it's also the worst. Kind of like uh, Godzilla Tokyo SOS is one of the best Godzilla movies ever, and it's one of the most mediocre ones. Sorry to bring Godzilla into it, but mm. yeah. You, but <laughs> yeah. Jay knows what I mean, though, when I say that. Yeah, 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 and I, like, and actually. Like, and like, and at least for me, I'd actually say that, like, for Metroid, my favorite Metroid game is honestly, it, it's re- it's really a tie, but for different reasons. Um, is uh, like Super Metroid would be the quintessential. Like everybody, loves that's my Metroid. that's my goat right there. Yeah, yeah, and and that is a lot of people's goat, and no one is ever wrong for saying that because it's tied with me with Metroid Prime. Um, I'll give you that too. But even then, I, but but I also. I consider it a tie, but really, we would not have Metroid Prime without Super. Kind of like um, how you wouldn't so have Ocarina of Time about Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like... Yeah, I once I mean, pissed off true, someone on Reddit but... one time because I said they're essentially the same game, and they're like, no, it's the same fucking game. But <laughs> um, yeah. it's Link to the <laughs> yeah, Past but, in 3D. Yeah, but I th- Prime is Super in 3D. Yeah. Very and, and actually, yeah, very, uh, very, very much so. But Prime can't 
capture everything that Super does because translating that to a 3D game is um, like like was a bit of a tall order back in the early 2000s when it was first done. But I still think it's just an amazing game for what it does because it actually got the core aspect about what I love about Metroid. Exploring, immersion, great music, great atmosphere, um, interesting wildlife to explore. Super did the same wildlife thing. Wildlife to explore um, and kill. Yes, very much kill. <laughs> but you can just not kill them. Like there's plenty of wildlife that you just don't. don't I don't recall anything you don't kill on Metroid. To. Except maybe the animals you save. Plenty it. of things. Jay, actually, a small question. Have you ever got the super complete ending of Super Metroid where you save the animals at the end before Zebus explodes? Um, no. No. I, I kind of I kind, I kind of feel like I should, they're but dead no. Um, of you, I haven't. you didn't care. Yep. Yep, yep, because I didn't care because I have to save my own skin. Oh, you saved the baby. Save. Oh, no, wait, the baby so. dies in Super. Whoops, yeah, never mind. Spoilers, yeah, you've seen yeah, if you ever but, complete uh, that game, baby dies. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but but still, I would say, like, cinematically, I, I think Super is just, like, an amazing, an amazing, amazing game. It is a game that I have replayed, um, but only, but funny enough, I've only ever replayed it, like, like, like one time. Prime, I've replayed multiple times. I had an interesting times, experience with so Super because I played it as a kid, but that was one of the ones I just rented repeatedly, and I never got farther than Norfair. I pro- fought Krokomeyer. That's, you know, the big memorable boss fight. Only recently, yeah. uh, there was that one time I was jamming up to play it on the weekend that you were going to be in vacation and I was staying with you and I had nothing to do. But fucking Derek took my fucking 3DS uh, and mistaking it for his. So I played AM2R instead. But only after that recently, uh, I, I just brought that up because that's a story I like to just rub in Derek's face every time we talk to him. Um, <laughs> but no, I very recently replayed the whole entirety of Super and beat it for the first time only like last year the year before and pitch perfect gaming experience from beginning to end is a perfect game yeah i mean and i find that that's interesting with me like with a lot of games like uh like for final fantasy for example my favorite final fantasy my goat in that franchise is final fantasy 6 or as it's known in the states is final fantasy 3 but really it's 6 um but i love 6 to death it is a pitch perfect 100 percent great rpg gaming experience but i've only ever played it once although recently i started replaying it on my mini snes because that game comes preloaded on there does it come Um, preloaded on the actual uh, legit one or is that one that you had extra because you have the the modded one uh no no I didn't no that one was that one was a legit okay. one I think um I mean I do have the modded one but even if I didn't that game would have still been on there uh that uh that game but even though I say that Final Fantasy X is the Final Fantasy I've replayed like three or four times and put hundreds of hours into just over time um I, and, and even then I'd say ten is probably my second favorite Final Fantasy. But six is just so much better. And it's just from a story perspective. I find that interesting that what makes a game your favorite and then what game that you keep replaying again and again and again, the reasons for that are very, very different. Your favorite game ever may not be a game that you replay over and over and over again, probably because of something about it that you may just not want to do, or it doesn't ha- it doesn't have that addictive that addictive spike in it that makes you want to replay it. Uh, mm. But for other games, depending on 
it is. It may not be my favorite game, but I love replaying it again and again and again. Like I like like probably that game for me, um, fighting game wise, is Third Strike. Third Strike is a very old Street Fighter game at this point, but I find myself constantly going back to I it mean, again and again. Everyone and again, goes back to it. You look in Fightcade. What's the most populated room? Fucking yep. Third Strike. <laughs> yep, there's a reason for that. And like, and I and I totally contribute to that demographic. Um, I, you just you just keep going back to it because it's just fun. You, you never feel like you you never feel bored playing that game. But but I guess in Street Fighter that Third Strike is my favorite Street Fighter game. So I guess it matches up with that one. But I mean like RPG wise and Metroidvania wise, I'm a little bit different in that regard. Hmm. hmm. What about you? You seen what? Well, I guess what's your franchise to direct it back on you? Yeah, I've been trying to think about it. I mean. My first like gut reaction is Metal Gear Solid, but it's also a game like it's also a franchise that's I mean to me at least it's kind of dead. Like I said before, yeah. Kojima's not a part of it. So if they decide to make a Metal Gear Solid Six down the line, I'm like, unless Kojima's a part of it, I'm not gonna. I don't really care because yeah, it's you know there's a big team. There was a big team around Kojima, but Kojima's led that, and you could see and feel his you know, footprint in that, you know, his, the DNA of it is kind of his mind, I guess. Yeah. So, but Metal Gear is one of those games where like, I started with the second one, which is a terrible one to start with <laughs> because that cave is so, okay. So trippy. Good to know. Cause like I'm tentatively thinking about getting, well, actually I'm more interested in Tomb Raider, but I would be interested in the collection, the anniversary collection. So start with one. Gotcha. If, if you've never played it, then yeah. I played uh, a little bit of Metal Gear Solid back in the day when I had a yeah. PS1 for a brief period. Just a, just a tad. Hardly hardly experienced the game. I mean, I know you, you probably, I mean, you've, you've been around long enough. You know the twist of Metal Gear Solid 2, right? No. Uh, no. Okay, never mind then. Okay. <laughs> if you're planning to play it, then I'm not going to. Does it have something to do with a guy that like makes you think you're... PlayStation is fritzing out or something like that? No, okay. that was in the first one. Oh, okay. That, then I have no clue. I'll save it then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it was so trippy and you're starting with the second one, they don't explain too much about the first one. So I was, even though I, even though I was lost and didn't know what was going on, I was still captivated by that game. And I didn't get around to playing the first one so much later. I still haven't beaten it. I'm not, I think I'm... I re- started re- uh, playing it uh, a couple years ago, and I'm almost done with it. Uh, it's kind of my Atrian Ad- Odyssey, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, once I got into that second one, I kept I played it over and over again, like you know, trying different scenarios of how to get through these levels or whatever. And then three came out, and I was super hyped for it, and that ended up being a blast. And I've played four after that, so. Eventually, I will play five, but that is my franchise. I love, I love, I love the gameplay of it. I love the atmosphere of it. I love the aesthetics of it. Uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a special franchise for me, and that's why I'm not that excited about the remake of it. I'm just like, I it's it already from the from the looks of it, it doesn't feel like Metal Gear to me mm. a little bit. Um, I guess I have, I have a fan of a lot of like dead franchises, kind of, because like Splinter Cell is another one where I love those games, 
but they haven't had a game in 10 years and they've just recently teased a, a, a new game but we haven't heard anything in a long time same with uh max Payne. that's an action game which i love those games oh, yeah. i played those over and over haven't heard of that in a long time they got a yeah. new one coming out uh they've said that they're gonna do a remake of the first one hmm that's a big popular uh, thing which, nowadays yeah but if you play the first one like I've, I've, I've been replaying it recently and it's uh it's still fun dude it's it's dated as hell but once you get into it it's just it it feels good it's still fun so seeing a remake of that would be great because just the graphical upgrade of that would be amazing um as far as current games that i'm probably like you know that would you know be like the game that i'm looking for that's a game and more of a studio insomniac any game that insomniac puts out now i'm like you know what i'm i'm all in Ever since the Spider-Man games, I'm like, they're gonna do a Wolverine game. I'm in it. I'm I'm in. Uh, nice. I want to go back and play the Ratchet and Clank games because oh, they did those. Uh, yeah, that was that was their. Well, that's the game that they're they were most known for, I think, before Spider-Man. Interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I think I think Metal Gear is probably the main one for me. You know what I've been interested um, in playing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's tangentially related to Max. I've been uh, Alan Wake because Alan Wake Two is out now. Mm, Alan yeah. Wake One Remastered is on Switch, but I hear it's an awful port. Uh, uh, nevertheless, it kind of piques my interest. Like, huh? It's along the lines of your Resident Evil, Silent Hill kind of a atmospheric kind of not so much survival horror, but this kind of mystery game. It looks kind of yeah. atmospheric. It looks cool. I'm, I'm like this close to maybe buying it and trying it. But yeah, I heard the Switch version just sucks. And Alan Wake 2 isn't on Switch at all. It'll probably be on Switch I mean, 2. That, yeah, that is, that's Remedy. So that that is the studio that makes uh, Max Payne. Oh, okay. So that's why. Yeah, I've, he- I've heard their names interchange. So that's why. Yeah. Okay, that's their new thing now. Alan um, Wake. It makes me sad that I am such a scaredy cat when it comes to like horror games because <laughs> like alan wick looks cool uh the closest i've ever done is another going to their games called control i don't know if you ever heard of control no never have it uh it came out came out a few years ago it, was, it has that eerie vibe but it's not like it's more about like a, a shady you know federal organization that nobody knows about and so no uh, no boogity monsters the... jumping out at you uh <laughs> Not necessarily, but it's definitely creepy and eerie in a more like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like spooky, you know, like Alan Wake has that kind of spooky uh, in the woods, you know, Stephen King style kind of thing. Yeah. Like this one is more like a conspiracy theories, other dimension kind of thing. It's really hmm. weird and trippy. What's it called again? Uh, Control. Control. Okay. I have to look that up. But man, the the level design and like the it it looks and plays amazingly, and then you have the weird trippy aspects of it. It's cool. Neat. Um, I I need to play more of it. It has a little bit of that creepy factor where you go into a room and you're like, I don't know what's in here, but there's a lot of dark shadow, there's a lot of shadows in here, and I'm mm. kind of freaked out about it. And then you hear noises all over the place, it's like, oh, fuck. 
You want to know what the, like the oh, yeah, just and and the the you're basically in this one building that shifts. Oh, uh, as time goes on, so it's got this weird dimensional type of thing. It's really weird. You want but really cool. You want to know what one of the scariest games I ever played in my life? Uh, uh-huh. I mentioned Return to Zorker previous episode. I told you the the graphical adventure that was based on a text adventure game. Yeah. The one they made directly after that was called Zork Nemesis, and they did a complete tonal shift. Because Zork's generally, it's kind of like Zelda. It's kind of whimsical. It's got a lot of humor in it. Zork yeah. Nemesis, just they figured everyone wants serious, and they did a dead serious story. And uh, in the spirit of Metroid, in a way, it's a point-and-click adventure, but the areas you explore are completely desolate you don't encounter many npcs except for a couple that are just nutso and crazy and it's got this very overbearingly somber uh atmosphere to it especially the asylum where you visit and there's all sorts of grisly macabre bloody things to discover uh but uh the creepiest part is the monastery where you you explore this big empty church and uh one of the Famous monsters in the Zork series is the Gru. Uh, basically, they're creatures that live in pitch black. So anytime you're in a room and a candle goes out, you're dead. You're insta-dead because the Gru oh, eats you. God. And there's a point where you're like at the catacombs underneath the church. And it's pitch black ahead of you. And you can hear the Gru's growling, growling. And like it also has like mummies there that when you activate them, their eyes flash and they growl clues to you. It's just like super thick atmosphere creepy it like literally with the mummies it made me look over my shoulder but there's no jump scares like you'd be fine of it technically there's no jump scares nothing jumps out at you but i'm never completely sure that something won't <laughs> jump out at me mm. it's the scariest fucking game i've that's ever played that's enough to be like you know that's enough for me to be like you know what no nope. yep nope that's it i was th- uh earlier on jay was talking about um uh was it was it Resident Evil or something where you said that uh, you like games where you don't know what's in this room or this hallway, but you know something's gonna jump out at you, but you have to figure out what it is. Yeah, or you like you just kind of you just know like you like basically you see window, you see hallway, windows. It's a horror game. The music is silent but picking up, and then you just know, and then there's another door at the end so you can get out of the hallway, and you know that if by the time you get to the other door that you can see clearly in front of you, something from those windows is going to jump at, uh, going to jump out at you. That's actually, Josh, part of the reason why I'm like, okay, check my map, check all my ammo, get all this stuff ready so I just know you because be I, I'm, for I'm that just, jump. I'm already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but it's, but to me, it's even better when it doesn't happen. It's like. Okay, nothing happened, and then out of nowhere, it could potentially happen somewhere else. Yeah, I don't need. I like the tension. I don't need that tension. Yeah, in my like, life. I don't need that. I don't need that worry in my life. I don't have that curiosity. <laughs> so, like you know, my solution to that, you're about being prepared and you know, getting all you know, getting all your ducks in a row and getting all your items or whatever. My solution to that is just turn off the game. I'm just done. I will defer back. <laughs> I will defer back to that moment where we were scared by our friends when we were working on the workshop, and you know they played the dance, prancing in the tulips in the God house. Yeah, you were the guy that wanted to go in the house, and I said fuck that shit and slapped the garage door opener and got the hell out of there. 
It's like your real world persona is a little different than your video game persona, and same with me. But the, uh, I feel like I had a feeling that, that it wasn't someone was so, fucking someone was fucking of us. We were alone in the house, and dude. Like, Who could it have been except Michael true. Myers? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Maybe when push comes to shove, you put in a situation, like, you're it. gonna put on your big boy pants and be a hero, or I'm gonna piss my pants and. Be the not hero, <laughs> which is weird because you feel like you're the opposite when you're in games. Yeah, because I'm the as we say, me and Jay playing Resident Evil. Jay plans excessively, and I'm Leroy Jenkins. I run in there guns ablaze and, and get us killed. <laughs> he really, yeah, yeah, he really, he really does. But sometimes I get us killed too because I didn't like. I'll sit there and prepare and be like, okay, there's a monster coming after me. Rather than go in guns blazing like I probably should, I'll run away behind a tree and check on my ammo and reload all my weapons. And by the time I do that, I'm getting attacked again. I mean, but then again, I do this in Doom. Well, I Doom do is supposed Doom. to be that way. That's <laughs> kind of why I almost don't like, yeah. if you're talking current Doom, you can't play it any other way. You can't hide. You can't take cover. No, you have to, you have to yeah. go for it. Yeah. And sometimes, and like, and sometimes, and a lot of times in Doom, I'm kind of forced to do that, but man, there are way too many times in Doom Eternal where, yeah, I'm running in a, I'm running in an area, I'm running in circles, running away from monsters, but I will run away just far enough, and then I'll try to like jump onto a rock or something where the monsters can't get me, and then I'll just try and snipe them. Like, I, might, it, I might need to try that. Because by the way, I've been telling you, I've been playing Doom Eternal. I'm stuck now. I'm like, I might drop the game. I'm completely stuck. Uh, and if, what? What is it if too you hard can't, for if you? you can picture the area, it's been a while since I played the game. I've killed all the hell priests. I'm in the Shabadabadab Denur, whatever stupid fucking fantasy name world I'm in. Uh, but basically, uh, it's I got it's just a mob. I got two mancubi, a cacodemon, a pain elemental, and a doom killer or doom hunter. I'm sorry. Uh, in all in one tight space, and uh, I don't know who to kill first, and I. Woo, keep getting killed. I'm like, Phew, that one's tough. I mean, I mean, Josh, that's going to depend on what's in front of you and what's not. All I have to say with that one is just, it's Doom. Um, Doom Eternal specifically is like, shoot something enough to weaken it and then run up to it and rip yeah, it apart. But while like, I'm ripping it apart, someone else is shooting at me and I, the, the amount of damage supersedes the amount of health I'm getting from killing the other dude. Then yeah, well then basically, honestly, dude, like with that, you need to uh, you need to do what I'm not doing in Doom. You need to you need to move around a heck of a yeah, lot more. You I'm need to run in enough. circles. You need but you can't in... move in a pattern. If you move in a yeah. pattern, you're dead too. You got to be ran. That's what I said. You have to be ADD to get good at Doom Eternal. And I'm just not ADD yeah, enough. Yeah, that's very yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent. Yeah, so I mean to be fair, one. I yeah, I, I like I haven't beaten Doom. What you haven't? Either, I thought you did. I breached it. No, oh. I never beat it. Um, I got. What'd you far. leave off that? Maybe you're um, the got, same spot I'm at. I'm at a part where I have to fight two marauders, and I just oh, didn't okay. want to do it. Uh, you're farther than me. <laughs> I fought my second marauder. I told you they were actually easy. Uh, I fought the second marauder plus Cacodemon. Made short work of him. They they ain't fucking so tough. But maybe when I fight two, then they'll finally be challenging. But yeah, I'm stuck now. So. Uh yeah, <laughs> yeah t- yeah two marauders along with other enemies that kill you in waves. Like yeah, dude. Like. Uh, but that's like probably like the only first person shooter I can say I really truly get into was Doom. Um, I did get into Unreal Tournament for a while back in the day because I used to play it in high school all the time. But eh, I mean, and also I did play a little bit of Half Life. I still think Half Life is a pretty excellent first person shooter. Oh yeah. Um, 
But oh yeah, um, that was a big deal. I never never got into that because I wasn't a PC gamer. Yeah, yeah, and I did. Um, there's actually one first person shooter. I bet that you two have not played, but Josh, maybe you've heard of it. That I thought was excellent. Uh, it was Clive Barker's Undying. <laughs> Do you remember? You that told game? me about that. Uh, I've never played it. Is that the one where the guy's painting something and it ends up being the monster that's right behind you? Yes, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Stuff see stuff like that. I didn't know it was a first is, person shooter. Yeah. Clive oh, yeah. Barker. I think it'd be more of a adventure like point and click game or something. No, no, no. It, no it, it's a um it's a it's a first person shooter, but it doesn't have as much it doesn't have as much enemies as you might think. It is a little bit more of an exploring game, but it's a lot but it's not Metroid levels of good. It's definitely a lot more linear. But there is like secret passageways and key items you have to find, monsters you have to shoot. I mean it's it's kind of predictable, but it's just but honestly, Clive Barker's Undying just has a really cool story. <laughs> I, I actually kept playing it because of the story, and I eventually beat it because of the story. Oh, yeah. It's Clive Barker, man. So, you know, he's all about story. Yeah, so, yeah, but that was a good first-person shooter back in the day. But, yeah, for otherwise, I tend to steer clear of first-person shooters. They they very much over the years have become less of my thing. Like, I never They've had never been my thing except for the, the tent poles, Doom, GoldenEye. Yeah. Turok, and Turok 2 specifically. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I'm not big on first-person shooters. It's got to be I, something else. Yeah, Doom I, I like because of the atmosphere. GoldenEye is just perfect. And then, yeah. Uh, I guess the atmosphere draws me in more than anything. Yeah, and, the and I never keeps me there. And I never liked, uh, um, and, and I never really considered Metroid Prime a first-person shooter. It feels no, it like not. one, but it is oh, not. Can I tell you a fun, quick story? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People call Metroid Prime a first-person shooter. It isn't. It's a Metroidvania in 3D that happens to be a first-person perspective. Uh, I used to work at Walmart for a period when Metroid Prime was coming out. And, you know, that was back in the day when we actually had kiosks, you know, that you could go play the games. Man, weren't those the days? And I remember this one 30, 40-something redneck dude tried it out, and he was talking about it later. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't like that Metroid game, uh, Prime game. All you do is shoot at targets. Because he was playing the beginning when you, Jay, you'll know by heart, you land on the spaceship on the space station, and the first thing you have to do is shoot the glowing little targets to... It's the make the door fall it's, down. It's, the it's a tutorial, tutorial segment. Yeah. Fucking dude thought that's all the game was, is shooting targets. Like, no, you idiot. You fucking explore. That's a guy who hasn't played. Fucking dumbass. He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't played. He hasn't, that's a dude who hasn't played a lot of video games because that's a dude's every a Call of Duty hat. player right there. Whoops, did I say that? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, Shots fired. I, I have no, no idea what Call of Duty is, so don't take offense, <laughs> Call of Duty players. Um, to bring it back to Mortal Kombat a little bit, we talked about all these genres that and franchises that we played. Like, where did uh, where did Mortal Kombat fit into all this? And also, like, is Mortal Kombat your top franchise, or does it is it you know a little bit lower down the list compared to these franchises that you talked about? For me, I would say Mortal Kombat was parallel to all of that, uh, really, because. The games I described, Zork, Zelda, Resident Evil, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I was discovering Mortal Kombat pretty much at the same time. And, well, as I've said before, the reason I, the, the way I discovered Mortal Kombat was kids playing it in the Game Gear at school. And I sought it out myself, you know, rented it, played it at home. And even though I wasn't big on fighting, even though I also owned Street Fighter 2 and played that, I guess... The lore was fascinating enough, like 
we questioned in a past episode, is it the lore or the gore? And for me, it was the, the gore brought me in. I stayed for the lore. Uh, and, you know, Mortal Kombat's just fun to play. So when I wasn't adventuring Hyrule or Spencer Mansion, I found it fun to just, you know, knock out, knock off a few heads of Mortal Kombat and, and read the end flavor text. But so, yeah, that's parallel for me. It's probably been more... At least from at least for MK wise, it's always been it's always been kind of mid for me. It's had it's had it's had oh, excuse me, it's had its ups and downs for me. But I to give I've mentioned this before and I think a previous episode a long time ago. But I will say that the first fighting game I ever played was Mortal Kombat. So my love of oh. fighting games stems from Mortal Kombat exclusively. I just ended up at some point. I think I told you guys this that when more of like after MK three. It was somewhere between MK3 and MK2, but really after MK3, when I started um, seeing like fighting games that were released here in the States become more 3D-oriented, because I, I told you I didn't like Mortal Kombat 4 when I first played it because it was 3D predominantly at the time. Um yeah, uh-huh. well, that well, well, that was my kid brain talking. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to keep. Wait, playing. I forgot your your story of Mortal Kombat 4. You seen? Oh yeah, you played it on PC of your brother. Yeah. Yeah, and then I wanted to stay in the two D world. So that so in Street Fighter um, and other like in other fighting games from other companies like SNK, um, we're also making newer games, but in two D. So I stayed in that realm, and then I kind of continued staying in that realm until you know I think the first three D fighter I even really got into. Well, it really was a prequel to Soul Calibur. If any of you guys ever heard of Battle Arena Toshinden, yeah, that was oh, one yeah. of my yeah, yeah. that was one of my all time favorites. That that was like early 3D. I played a little bit of Virtual Fighter here and there if I could ever find an arcade that had it. And then I think from there I played Street Fighter EX, uh, which was 3D. And then I got into uh, I don't really count Killer Instinct as a 3D game, even though it's 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 it's, it's not it's not. It, um, it's 3D in the way that Donkey Kong Country is 3D. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, and then I, and then after that, I think I and, and then I got into Bloody Roar. I still love Bloody Roar. Uh, Bloody Roar <laughs> um, to this day. Yeah, Bloody Roar is a crap ton of fun. But yeah, other than that, I kind of like held strong to 2D game to 2D fighting games for like a while. But Mortal Kombat was always kind of in the background. But of course, until we started doing um, until like until. Like even before we started doing this podcast, I didn't get back into Mortal Kombat until Mortal Kombat Nine because I, I, you know, as you guys know, I skipped pretty much everything after four. As most and, of us yeah, did. We all did, yeah. And I remember being in your apartment uh, back when you lived in the apartment when the reveal trailer for Nine came out, and you were like, "Look at this, Josh! They're bringing Mortal Kombat back to its basics." And I was like, "Oh man, that looks cool." And then here we are today. Yeah. So I think Mortal Kombat for me has always been kind of in uh, in the mid range. I've I think it still kind of goes up and down. Love nine, still love it to this day. I thought ten was really really good, but not as good as nine. And then eleven, I think eleven is good, but it's not as good as ten. So it's got at least this is just my opinion. So it, it's kind of yeah. gone down. But one is not better than nine, but it is uh, just as good as ten to me, at least so far. I, I very much enjoy hmm. one, but if I but to put it in context, with all the three new fighting games that have come out this uh, this year, like Street Fighter, Tekken, and Mortal Kombat, admittedly, Street Fighter was my most anticipated. Tekken is my second, and then Mortal Kombat was my third. Um, and I'm and and I can't wait to play Tekken Eight when it comes out because right. I'm sure we'll all be jumping into that because all three of us oh, play yeah. Tekken. <laughs> so it's kind of like um, 
it's a mixed bag um, for me with Mortal Kombat. It goes up and down, but I'm but I but I am loyal to it. Like I'm I'm gonna want to play a lot of the mainline games just for being a fighting game enthusiast. You know, as it is, because it is a it, it is it is a mainline AAA game. Oh yeah, so, I would definitely say if if you could say I'm the Resident Evil guy and I'm the Zelda guy, I am also the Mortal Kombat guy. I mean, a co-host of fucking Mortal Kombat podcast, so of course I am. But no, uh, like small micro story as a teenager. Me and another friend of mine hanging out, uh, and we were quizzing ourselves on Mortal Kombat trivia, specifically lore-related, and a non-Mortal Kombat friend of us, of ours, was hanging out with us and rolling his eyes, being like, it's just a game, dude, who cares? I'm like, who's who's Goro the Prince of? It's like, I was soaked up in the lore, even then, as like a 13-year-old or whatever. So Mortal Kombat is one of my franchises, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like, well, first of all, because you guys didn't say it was your number one, I'm going to have to ask for your resignations Ooh. on this podcast. Well, fucks. Uh, but also I have to put oh. in my resignation too, because honestly, like Mortal Kombat has always been at the top, near the top for me, but it's, it's fluctuated. Like, like Jay has said, uh, my introduction, like I've said before, introduction to fighting games was, was Street Fighter 2, but then Mortal Kombat 2 came, uh, came into my life and. That overtook uh, <laughs> uh, fighting games for me. Uh, up until after MK4. I I played a hell of a lot of MK4 and I liked MK4, but it it definitely was different. And it was and then I, you know, got exposed to Tekken 3. That changed everything. Like, okay, this is what a 3D fighting game is supposed to be like. You know what I mean? And then mm. I think once you get to the PS2 era, Mortal Kombat kind of falls by the wayside. And that's when I get into all these other franchises like Metal Gear and, I mean, Tekken, honestly. And, Metal uh, Gear. Soul Calibur, uh, Splinter Cell, all those other stuff, all the stuff that I talked about, you know, FIFA even. Like all that stuff happened in the PS2 era when I wasn't playing Mortal Kombat, basically. Um, but now, since 9, you know, I've been heavily anticipating every Mortal Kombat game since. It's jumped back up to being one of my top ones. Um, it's up there with Tekken for me as far as like fighting game genres that I'm anticipated with now. Uh, as far as the three that came out this year, I mean last year and this year with Tekken, Street Fighter Six, and MK1, I would say I was the most hyped for MK1. And that's because of the lore. I wanted to know what they're yeah. going to do next. Uh, we were all interested yeah. to find out. As far as like pure gameplay, Tekken. Tekken is the one for me. Street Fighter mm. is the one that's always been in the back burner for me. Every time there's been like, you know, ever since Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, everything since then is like, I'll get into it for like a couple of months and then I'll just dip out and I'm like, I've had my fill. Like Street Fighter doesn't hold my attention the way that Tekken does or, you know, even Mortal Kombat does. I'd say Tekken holds my attention gameplay wise a little bit more than Mortal Kombat sometimes depending on the game if it's like 10 10 is the one or Mortal Kombat X is the one that I'm like I've always like that one I think I played the most of if I'm being honest with you 11 was Mm. good and 1 is like one of those ones where I go back and forth into it I think it's still good but I go back and forth because online is frustrating for me to play um but Tekken is the one that's always I've 
I can always jump back in. It's just always it's, it's just a good time. Uh, so Mortal Kombat is has brought itself back up to be one of my most my favorite franchises and one of my most hyped ones. But at the same time, uh, there are other franchises that are above it for me, like as far as all time, kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and defend myself and say that Mortal Kombat is my top franchise because my my real top franchise would be Resident Evil, except that I am a, a stubbornly dedicated Nintendo. So I playing and I haven't played RE4 remake and I'm not gonna until maybe Jay and I decide to set aside some time and play it or until I get like a better PC or fucking Steam Deck or some shit like that, right? Uh and when 9 comes out, I'll probably be going over to Jay's to play it. I'm just that stubborn and I'll probably, you know, play 4 remake also if it comes out on Switch 2 or whatever. Whereas and Zelda, yeah, like I haven't bought Tears of the Kingdom, so I guess my Zelda card fell out of my wallet. But Mortal Kombat 1, I did not only bought first day, I literally tried to go out and find it the day, the night before, just True. like you know what? You adolescent, are. like childlike yeah. hope. And part of that is because we do a podcast on it. But even if we weren't doing the podcast, I still probably would have went out day one and bought Mortal Kombat 1. So, guess, yeah, Mortal yeah. Kombat's my top franchise. Yeah. But then again, it's because it's on Switch. If it wasn't on Switch, I'd be going over to Jay's to play it. So Well, that's the thing is like Mortal Kombat is my top one of my top franchises now. And I did buy it, you know, I pre shoot, okay. I pre ordered it. I will say before. I I will say if, if RE four came out on Switch the same day as it came out on PS four and Xbox, I probably would have been more excited to buy that than Mortal Kombat One. But yeah. here we are. <laughs> but uh I mean, there's so many games out now, and there's so many good games out now. So it's hard to be like, "What's your favorite franchise?" or whatever. Overall, it's between Metal Gear and Mortal Kombat, probably. And I say Mortal Kombat over something like Tekken, only because gameplay-wise, I could play both of them for hours and hours and hours on end. I don't give a shit about the story in Tekken. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Yeah, you mean Brian Cox, Brian Cox didn't sell you on that. I didn't even see that. I haven't seen it yet. You didn't watch it? No, because I, dude, when I, we're done with this, go watch that trailer I, right now. It's yeah. hilarious. I know it's probably hilarious, but I'm just like, because uh, when the Tekken Eight um, demo came out, it has that thing where you can like look at it. It has like a recap of every game. Uh, okay. So I watched all of that. And I was like, so yeah, no need to rot- watch the trailer. Well, I well, mean, the trailer then, is tongue in cheek. Even then, I looked, I was re- watching all that, and I was like, yeah, I guess. I mean, the, I don't really The trailer care. makes fun of the fact that no one cares about the okay, story. Okay, then, then I'll check that out. But yeah. that's what edges out Mortal Kombat over like Street Fighter or Tekken, where it's like, I the characters and the story of Mortal Kombat, for whatever reason, grabs me and I'm like I'm anticipating the next chapter of a fighting game of all things for story. Same. I mean we spent we yeah. spent half of our MK1 debut episode talking about the story. Exactly. So so, so that's so come <coughs> talk about overall even though I haven't played the PS2 games yet. That's part of why it, it it went down a little bit because like well I've played almost all I played more percentage wise of of franchises like Metal Gear or Splinter Cell than Mortal Kombat. But 
I'm more invested in Mortal Kombat, not just because of the podcast, just before the podcast, you know, games, movies, shows, stuff like that. Like I've, it's all added to this whole thing that we're kind of a part, we love, you know? And so it's hard to say, even if we didn't have this podcast before the podcast, the reason we made this podcast, because we wouldn't stop talking about Mortal Kombat. It's like, we might as well do a podcast. We were about playing. It. We were playing ten. We were we were knee deep in ten and then eleven, and we watched the movie. We made a big event to watch the ninety five movie. You know, we were in on it. So yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's one of my top franchises. I don't know if it's the top one. It it fluctuates depending on what mood I'm in, I guess. But it's always going to have that top spot for me. It's 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 up there yeah. with Metal Gear for me. It's up there with. I mean, weird to say, it's up there with FIFA because FIFA's been there. I've played so many fifa games since like oh three so it's like as you know even if it's not like a typical game i guess that people will say that and you know favorite. it's kind of comfy like a like your favorite sweater yeah uh because you pl- it, it's been there since we were kids and it's still here exactly and it's still strong too yeah so mortal kombat is up there with my favorite franchise of all time no question about it it just depends Absolutely. on what mood i'm in that part of the year what franchise is the best one for me yeah because i mean i did say i haven't played mk1 in a hot minute uh same and i said it almost disparagingly but i am going to get back in it when season four starts because i want to see what they're oh yeah season four i had what i am gonna play because what what what, what? i didn't even know three was out of being honest with you. three three is currently out it's the sub-zero <laughs> oh, age of the fucking shit. season of the cryromancer i don't I feel like shit. You told i don't want sub-zero words yeah Season four is going to be Melina related. Okay. So she's going to be the focus of the invasions. Okay. But that means, uh, but it's coincides with Valentine's day. Oh, God. Melina. Oh God. Uh, at pink or purple. And so you're going to get cheesy Valentine's skins. There's probably going to be Valentine's day fatality. And then just uh, the Melina rewards, even though she's like my fourth main, which I barely played. Get some sick Molina skins or some cheesy Valentine skins for everybody. I'll play that season. Call me when there's a... And, of course, when the come DLC out, comes uh, out. Yeah. Call me when there's a come, come out, out season. All right. <laughs> it's probably next in line. But I'll probably try because I, I, I forgot that, there was, that the Sub-Zero one was this season. Yeah. Sorry, I don't care about Sub-Zero's and the blue... blue uh, costume themes oh that's my jam. do away of that I, that's my jam i, I don't want to see i mean i like blue but I, I once again i don't want scorpion in a blue costume i want scorpion in the fucking yellow yeah, but costume I want new, and i'm I want sick new of blue costumes for sub-zero oh uh, okay i'll give you that yeah. yeah and also i wouldn't mind putting you know kung lao in a blue costume too so hmm. like the I only guess. one that doesn't make sense for blue is probably scorpion and and uh reptile <laughs> Yeah, everybody else can kind of interchange, kind of. Or you know, like Sub Zero had the Dio de los Muertos uh, skin with a big sombrero, and looking at him, not knowing who he is, you automatically think it's Kung Lao, but it's Sub Zero. Exactly. Yeah, that doesn't. They make need sense. They, they need to fit the skins better to people. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that was a podcast, guys. I think it was too. It was a very nice, hearty content with a K podcast. I like it. Yep. So I guess uh, now that we've branched off into other, you know, genres and franchises, do we change our name? <laughs> no. 
We do. What do we call ourselves? I mean, we call ourselves Combat Time, and then what do you do in all these video games? You fight stuff mostly. Yeah, it's true. Except for like maybe uh, Harvest Moon. Uh, Animal Crossing most games do involve fighting. Yeah, I guess Animal Crossing. You are fighting uh, economics. You're fighting Mr. <laughs> you're fighting Raccoon Guy. <laughs> yeah, you're fighting capitalism. Or, or, or and Harvest Moon. You're fighting. Uh, you know, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had either. I was actually, I was interested always as a kid. It's on NSO now. I started to play a little bit and then I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't think I have the patience for it now. I heard people say Stardew Valley is a good game. It's a good Yeah, that's the big, uh, big offshoot Animal of it. Crossing, yeah. yeah. But then again, that's like, if that's one of those never ending games. I don't know if I got the bandwidth for it. I had it before. Uh, they had. They had oddly the perfect timing to bring out that new Animal Crossing. They, oh yeah, that was a joke. Everyone's sitting shacked up, worlds on fire. Oh, I got my village, you know. Yeah, it was it was wild. Shoot, I I, I got a switch. I think that year or the year after, and one of the first things I got was Animal Crossing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, that's an episode, guys. Thank you guys for showing up again. You know, even though you're contractually yeah. obligated to. I didn't sign no contract. You don't I'm coming that. because I generally enjoy y'all's company and talking about our favorite franchise, which is Resident Evil. Wait, what? Tune in next Resident episode. Resident Combat. Tune in next time on <laughs> Umbrella Time. Umbrella Time. <laughs> Umbrella th- Street Fighter Time. <laughs> Metroid Time. time. Metroid time. Zelda time. Metal Gear time. Yeah. Metal Gear time. There you go. Fortnite time. But yes, that is another episode. Thank you guys for listening to our, you know, podcast. You know, follow us on all the socials, you know, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And Combat Time Podcast at uh, Yeah, I don't know our social emails by <laughs> by heart. Our social emails, is that what you said? Social URLs, whatever. <laughs> it's Combat Time Pod on most everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, Josh, it is that time again for you to do the outro. <clears throat> it is that time. Don't, don't, I still don't know how we ended up in the, uh, the fucking tradition of me doing the outro for our listeners. That is not a me thing. That isn't something I tried to spearhead being narcissistic. I think that was it just sort of happened. It was a you thing, and I don't I know why it was you directed it into me. I just like, I, I just I, like I, putting you on the spot. Put me on the spot, and by <laughs> tradition, it's always me. Uh, well, yeah, I got a, I got a little something today uh, in theme of what we're talking about, right? We talked for two hours about playing video games, something that you know Vigi- Boomer might look at and be like, "You Vigimatronic Vigi- games, you goddamn kids, wasting your time." I'm gonna go fucking watch uh, World's Deadliest Catch for reruns for five <laughs> hours, but goddamn, if you play fucking an hour of that goddamn <laughs> Mortal Kombat, you're wasting your time. Um, to counter, you know, those types of things, because, you know, I said Boomer comics earlier, too. Have you ever seen that Boomer meme of two little kids sitting on a pier uh, with fish fishing rods and says, this is how good uh, quality time is spent? You know, it's like, I eat, go, go out and touch grass. Uh, that always annoyed me because uh, I had great memories spent with friends playing video games. I just told you earlier about being on the phone with my friend and we're both playing Ocarina of Time and sharing, you know, when we're not there 
because we also I, also I also have memories of going over to his house and he had this basement den and we'd be playing and we're trying to get to the bottom of the mystery of the happy mask salesman because something's fucking fishy about that guy. He's fucking serial killer or something. Um, and his dad would get pissed off and come downstairs because it's five in the goddamn morning. He's like, go to bed for Christ's sakes. So I had a lot of quality time with my friend playing video games. But I also, not everyone gets to experience this, also lived in a rural area. So I also did get to do what Miyamoto did when he got inspired to create Zelda is go out and explore, you know, the caves in the neighborhood. And I have a real quick story. Uh, are, you, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Y'all just went real silent. Uh, enraptured in your story. Enraptured. Yeah. And this kind of ties into the that recent works. news because I'm sure you you saw the thing about the uh, the Tetris kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the 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 lady, the the British uh, news thing had to had to turn it on him, you know, and say like, "Oh, well, Tetris isn't a life goal." Uh, you know, never mind that. I'm not, I don't want to get into that just to automatically be rage baiting because you know she does make a point, and she was kind of making a. a trying to make a jokey comment, but it came off real bad considering that the kid dedicated his Tetris win to his uh, deceased father. Yeah. Really, uh, fucking faux pas on her part. Uh, but so related to that and all this, I do have a funny story, you know, a not funny story, a quick heartwarming story. I don't even could call it heartwarming. Basically I was lived near my friend and there was a patch of woods between my house and his. And, you know, I'd go, I'd, I'd walk through the woods to get to his house. And one day, uh, I took my Game Boy Color because I was in the middle of playing uh, Legend of Zelda Age of Oracles, one of the two Capcom-produced Zelda games that came out side-by-side. Side. And I didn't get a lot into the game, but I got enough to where I experienced that. And this is part of why I like Zelda. I never really touched on this in our episode. There's a sense of magic and whimsy in it. When I was playing and I got to the stand-in Deku Tree or whatever it's called in this game... And the music hit just right. And it was like really fucking magical. Really wonderful game. And I took my Game Boy Pocket with me as I'm walking on the woods to uh, my friend's house. And I decided I'm taking my time. I'm going to sit in this little uh, fallen mossy log in this middle of this grove. And uh, just take a quick break and play some Zelda. And I did. And there were sunbeams coming down through the trees. And it was real picturesque. I'm, I'm picturing, uh, I saw someone post a picture, speaking of Etrian Odyssey, of them playing Etrian Odyssey in the most beautiful goddamn fucking resort garden, wherever the hell they're at, that looks just like straight out of the games. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. I joke about people playing games out in public. This is a little different. This is kind of, then again, you're in nature. Why do you want to be distracted with a game? But it's kind of marrying the experiences. And when I was playing Zelda there on that mossy stump, I heard a twig snap and I looked up and there was a doe, this female deer just looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And it got scared by me. And then it kind of bounded off. And I just was like, if that ain't the most goddamn magical moment. And I never, never would have experienced that if I hadn't gone out and touched grass and played video games. Uh, I don't got it. I don't got a punchline to that. I just want to tell a very a positive heartwarming story there. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Combat continues. Get over here!